is criticising David Cameron's target of cutting net migration to under 100,000 by the next election. He says the plan is impractical and almost certainly won't be achieved, partly because many of the factors are out of the control of ministers. His comments come as new findings from the British Social Attitudes Survey suggest more than three-quarters of people want immigration cut. Campaigners are celebrating after winning their battle to save a swimming pool in Houghton Regis. Three years ago, Central Bedfordshire Council wanted to close Houghton Regis Leisure Centre to save money. They've now decided to reopen the pool, which has been closed for two years. Campaigner Kay Hudgel says they decided to work with the council rather than against them. The odds are stacked against us, but um, we, we felt that if we worked with the council... Um, we might get somewhere rather than sort of just bulldoze ahead. Figures obtained by the BBC show for fewer than 12,000 patients account for more than 200,000 visits to hospital A&E units. Some individuals were admitted more than 100 times in a 12-month period. A man from Hertfordshire who broke his foot while working as a security guard says his employers are preventing him from getting sick pay. He isn't getting his salary and claims his employer didn't process his request for government-funded sick pay. Patrick Cosgrove from Boreham Wood says he's now struggling to make ends meet. Well, it's been a financial struggle. I mean, we're already behind with rent and whatnot and um, it's just you get bills coming in and when there's no wage coming in, you're wondering how, you, how you're going to pay out anything. After start ringing up uh, companies telling them to them, sorry, but I haven't got the money. How am I supposed to pay you? Whipsnade Zoo is beginning its annual New Year stock take. Counting its 2,500 animals every year is a requirement for the zoo to keep its licence. The weather, another windy day with sunshine and scattered showers, blustery and heavy at times. Temperatures today up to 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Wasn't it mild this morning? Yes, the rain was chucking it down. But when I stepped out of my house, well, it was lovely and mild. It was fantastic. Lots to talk about on the show today, including proposals for a rehab centre in Bedford are causing a stir in the local area. It'll be sandwiched in between the town's free school and a children's playground. Well, shouldn't we be more accepting and more caring? We'll be talking to a security guard from Hertfordshire. He worked for the same firm for 11 years, so when he broke his foot and couldn't chase bad guys anymore, he assumed his bosses would see him right with sick pay. He assumed wrong. Well, have you seen the video of that Wally driving around, caught speeding with his hands behind his head, driving with his knees? Well, we've all seen worse, haven't we? Haven't we? Give me a call. Call me now. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or... Give me a phone call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Sticking to 
Coming up later on in the show, we'll be finding out, did Kelly Betts do the ironing that she was set yesterday to prove, to prove that ironing makes you feel better? I'm looking forward to hearing how she felt before, hearing her ironing, and then hearing how she felt afterwards. That really should be a great treat for all of our ears on this cold, dark and wet Tuesday morning. Now, proposals for a drug rehabilitation centre are ruffling feathers in Bedford, mostly because it will be sandwiched between a children's playground and the town's free school and right opposite a sheltered housing complex. We've been asked to look into this by a local resident concerned about the sorts of people it might bring to the area. Unfortunately, one of those people was our reporter Tony Fisher. I'm standing on St John Street in Bedford, opposite the old Clarence Hotel, which it's proposed is going to be converted into a uh, 29-bed-sit drug rehab centre. It's right next to a children's play area. It's right opposite a sheltered uh, accommodation for elderly people, Homebrook House, uh, some of whom I've been told to have been telling me uh, are not very happy about it, so it's a crazy idea. And uh, it's also quite dangerous. It's on quite a fast stretch of road. The people living uh, in the block of flats overlooking this uh, have just had a notice put up inside the block of flats telling them about this proposal and urging them to form an action group to reject it. And last but not least, uh, it's quite close to Bedford Free School. All right, Pam, your mum here of children at Bedford Free School? I have. I have two children at Bedford Free School. (laughs) What do you think about the proposal to put up a drug rehab centre right next to it? In fact, right behind the Bedford Free School. I I personally have no problem with that. Um, I think we need a centre. I think there's a big need for it. I think there's more and more people who need advice about drugs and a lot of the young people think it's cool to take drugs and it's not and I think it might set a good example. I think it would be quite a good idea but I'm not too sure where the location of it is any good, though. I mean, you've got that sort of brand new, and that's obviously supposed to, like, the big flats are supposed to create, like, loads of hope and potential for Bedford, and then you've got a drug rehab next to it. Some of your residents that I've spoken to say this is a crazy place to have a drug rehab centre. Yes. Quite dangerous road. It's a dangerous um, road. There are those next aspects to, a to it. Children's play area, obviously opposite this, and next yeah, to the school. Next to the school. Yeah, I agree with all that. Where to put them? Have to put them somewhere. They have to go somewhere. They have to go somewhere. And I can understand my neighbours not being too keen on the idea. But, um, I look at it this way, if one of those were one of my children, what would I do? What would I say? Have you heard about plans to convert this place into a drug rehab centre? Well, it's pretty much the same as the, was it the James Kingham project? Oh, just down there? Yeah, you've got the alcohol one down there, haven't you? So it's about the same, I suppose. They need the same things, don't they? So they're just on the opposite side yeah. of the street. As far as you're concerned, this place opposite sheltered housing accommodation, though, next to a children's play well, area. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not there. And the Bedford Free School, of course, just over the road. Um, yeah. So good the location. Point, yes. I suppose maybe nearer the hospital, maybe good. I don't know. Maybe somewhere over there. Keep it all contained. Well, there you go. So that's Tony Fisher. What do you think? Surely we should welcome these places, shouldn't we? We should embrace having drug rehabilitation centres. Places that are full of optimism and hope and people trying to change their lives for the better. Would you object if one was built in your street? 
I find it slightly difficult to understand how you could object. It's people trying to get well. 08459 455 555. Yeah. I used to have a thing for Anastasia. I bought, like, CDs and stuff. She can do that funny thing with her voice. That's it. She's growly, isn't she? She's like a sort of cross between a cat with its tail trapped and a... And a lady singer! (laughs) With glasses on! And tight leather waistcoats! Yeah, she's very good. Yeah, I like her. 
Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. On the M25 anti-clockwise, a lane is closed between Junction 23 for South Mims and 22 for St Albans for barrier repairs. Both the bridges over the River Great Ouse at Felmersham and Harold are still closed. Looking at the speed sensors, though, things looking good at the moment and the M40 cameras looking very quiet. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's coming up to 6.16. It's Tuesday the 7th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford are opposed to a drug rehabilitation centre near a children's play area and a school. A Hertfordshire man says he's struggling to make ends meet after being unable to get sick pay. And in football, Stevenage are hoping their FA Cup fourth round match against Everton will be televised. Fingers crossed. The weather, windy with sunshine and showers, some of which will be heavy. So, could you really complain if they built a drug rehabilitation centre near you? What's the problem with that? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer. There have been loads of lovely highlights on my programme, but I think the one that stands out most for me was when I spoke to Rick Stein. I was drunk, I ran into some roadworks, and she had a very bad head injury and nearly died. He opened up to me in a really unexpected way about his incredible life story. And I, I think the effect of that was to sort of completely <laughs> send me off the rails um, when, you know, you were nearly responsible for killing somebody. It's a really, really traumatic experience, I must Nick Coffer. I'll be bringing you more of the same in 2014. Every weekday from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. So 08459 455 555. We'll be talking about bad driving in a little bit. There's a cracking video on our Facebook page of a gentleman driving with his knees, speeding with his hands behind his head. Wow! What's the worst example of driving you've seen? But before that... You couldn't complain about a rehabilitation centre being built near you, could you? Mark's near Northampton. What do you think, Mark? Hello, Ian. Um, the, uh, the bit I've um, had an issue with, yes. um, I don't know the area too much. I, I would have an issue with where they're placing it, but the issue I have is a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted. And I'll begrudge my tax money been spent on rehabilitating people who put themselves in that position. Same as drunks, you all have the choice whether you take it or you don't. And I'll begrudge my tax money, a lot of it being spent on these people. And when they go to court for things, it's used as an excuse. Oh, they were on this, they were on that. No, you put yourself on that, you put yourself into that. Take responsibility for yourself. And, I, you know, I just think the money shouldn't be spent there when it could be used on other things. You know, um, yeah, that's... A, now, when you go to... Just going to the drive... No, hang on a second, Mark. Let's, let's, just focus, um, let's just focus on that for a second. Because yeah. you, you, you're obviously unaware that the World Health Organisation recognised alcoholism and drug addiction as a disease in the same way that asthma is a disease and cancer is a disease. It's not self-inflicted. It's a disease of addiction. Now, you wouldn't object if a cancer centre was built near you, would you? Um, look, cancer depends on what cancer you're talking about. If you're talking about smoking cancer, again, that's self-inflicted. So you wouldn't... If so you're hang on a minute, about, you're telling no, me... On, no, 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 hang on, I want to clarify what you're saying. I want to clarify what you're saying. You would object if a uh, 
cancer centre was built near you that focused primarily on lung cancer. You would object to that. Is that something? To, is that cancer from smoking? You or would ob- the other cancer? You would object to is a cancer centre. Is it smoking cancer because they pay money in this smoke it when that's a cigarette that goes to the health system? And all the others don't, pretty much. You know, drugs, they don't... I'm confused. Would you object to a cancer centre or not, Mark? If it's a self-inflicted one, yes. If it's a natural cancer, no. No, don't shame on me. Shame on you. No, no, Shame on... You would object to people with cancer getting treatment? You object to people with a drug addiction getting treatment? If it's smoking cancer... No, fair play. You're right. Actually, you make a good point. If they've got smoking cancer, let them just die. Can I just go to a driving issue? No, you, you can't, Mark. No, you can't. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Yeah, he's right. He's got a good point. If they got smoking cancer, we should just let them ones die, shouldn't we? Yeah, oh, so you got smoking cancer. We got pancreatic cancer. No, in you come, love. Yeah, smoking cancer. I'm sorry. No, no. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On a, off on a slight tangent there, but. The drug addiction is recognised as a disease by the World Health Organisation. It's a disease. It's not self-inflicted at all. Those people want to stop. Oh, it's going to be a good show this morning. Hey, I've not heard this song for about 25 years. Should we see if it's as good as I remember? It's already much, much better. Every night she walks right in my dreams Since I met her from the start I'm so proud I am the only one who is special in her heart. The girl is mine. The doggone girl is mine. I know she's mine. Because the doggone girl is mine. She's mine The dark old girl is mine Don't waste your time Because the dark old girl is mine I love you more than he Take you
Michael. We're not going to fight about this, okay? Paul, I think I told you. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Uh, I've heard it all before, Michael. She told me that I'm her forever lover, you know. Don't you remember? Well, after loving me, uh, she said she couldn't love another. Is that what she said? Yeah, she said it. You keep dreaming. I don't believe. What's wrong with you two over there? You're both dissing this fine example of 80s pop. I music. love this song, but I hate talking in songs. Oh, I'm a big fan of this song. Especially what, what, non-macho men pretending they're going to start on each other. What was your beef? I'm just saying that if I was the girl who they wanted to be theirs and they called me dog gone, I'm not sure that I'd hang around. Well, what you said to us was, if there, if there were two blokes fighting, I mean, they, they said dog on, I'd say, yeah, whatever, laters. <laughs> That's exactly what you said earlier on. <laughs> Have you, did you do your ironing yesterday, Kelly yes. Bates? I'm looking forward to hearing that. That's going to be a treat, isn't it? Now, uh, uh, earlier on in the week, uh, Kelly took a call, that's you, from a gentleman who felt he had nowhere left to turn. Patrick Cosgrove had been working for the same security firm for 11 years. Unfortunately, back in November, he broke his foot, an injury that's not exactly helpful when you're a security guard. You've got to be quite mobile. So he's been signed off by the doctor, and now he's found his employee's attitude is less than accommodating. Well, Patrick joins me on the line now. Morning, Patrick. Good morning, Ian. Patrick, what did you do to your foot? How did you injure yourself? I, um, I slipped off a, a footpath, and I turned around, and I fractured it. So when I went to the doctor, she had to put a plaster on, and I was on crutches. So I couldn't go to work. And, uh, and uh, how did this impair you? Did, did it mean you, you, you couldn't walk properly? It meant I couldn't walk properly. I was on crutches, so I, uh, yeah, I couldn't uh, couldn't put my foot to the ground. Okay, so you've been working at this company for eleven years. Don't mention the name. I'm not going to mention. Y- it. Y- you you went to your boss, told them the situation. What happened? He just said um, we don't pay sick pay, so I took that that they'd still pay salary sick pay. So I put in sent in the form. And what happens when you send in the form? If they're not going to pay you the salary sick pay, they're supposed to send you another form out stating why they're not going to pay it, and uh, you bring that to the job centre in order to get some kind of benefit. Yeah. But they didn't send the form out, so I'm kind of stuck. Oh. Were you surprised when they said they didn't pay sick pay? I was surprised because I thought you pay in your national insurance pay, and I thought that that more or less went to, if anything ever happened to you, that you get at least something... Of, so, of some kind of money, you know. Did, uh, well, I, I thought that companies, <clears throat> I thought that companies were, had a legal obligation to pay sick pay. Have you checked your contract, Patrick? What, what does it say uh, in there? To be honest with you, I cannot find my contract. Ah, uh, the can't um, find the contract thing. No. So they were supposed to send you a, 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 another form that would allow you to claim benefits, and they didn't. Have you spoken to your boss since to ask where that form is? I uh, can't seem to get in touch with my boss. Oh, I sent emails and I. Uh, messages on the phone, but um, I can't seem to get in touch. And how long has this been going on for, <clears throat> Patrick? Just since the 23rd of November. OK, so 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 over Christmas, so quite a time. Yeah, you, ha- yeah. How you managed to cope financially? Um, financially, well, I've got two children working, so they're, um, they've had me a lot over okay. Christmas. But, um, yeah, I'm quite stuck, because, you know yourself, you can't, you can't get out... Uh, to do anything properly, and when you when you how to be slightly disabled, um, yeah, it's it, it's just a complete worry. Have you been to the job centre and spoken to them about it? I have. And what what uh, do they say? They advise me to go to the, the 
council to get um, housing benefit. Don't blame but, but I hope I'm not going to be off that long. Uh, is um, your foot still injured? It is, but I can. I got a bit of mobility. I can walk. Okay. I can walk, and I've been sent off by the doctor. They said I can do, like. They don't mind me going back to work so long as the hours are reduced, but I know with security you can't get reduced hours. It wouldn't it wouldn't fit into the path enough security, you know what I mean? So you're uh, <coughs> this is a this is a real mess, isn't it, Patrick? How is this making you feel? Just more or less completely down. I was I was listening to one of your programmes yesterday or the day before about depression and all that. Yes. But yeah, it does make you depressed because you can't move. I mean, when I say you can't move it feels like you haven't got people to, to move along with that will cope, that will try to help you or accommodate you. It's like you're pushing your, you know, you're against a big wall all the time. If you know. So what's the next move, Patrick? Where do you go from here? Well, I'm hoping that I can ring up my boss today and say, look, I need money, I need to go back to work. I need to go back to work basically tomorrow in order to get some, some um, you know, in order to have money coming in. Because at the moment I've got no... No money coming in. No. So, Patrick, can we? Can you do us a favour? Are, are, are you going to phone your boss today? I'm going to phone him, yeah. Can we give you a call a little bit later on today, after you've spoken to your boss, and find out exactly what's happened and what the situation is? Sure, yeah. Patrick, listen, stay on the line. We'll make sure we've got your details, and if you speak to, to Kelly Betts, and she will uh, find out what time you're going to speak to your boss, and we'll give you a call later on, and we'll perhaps follow that up tomorrow. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Yesterday we did make attempts to speak to someone from Patrick's uh, employer. After numerous phone calls and being passed to different people, they've uh, made no comment. Later on, we'll be speaking to ACAS, the Advisory Conciliation and Arbitration Service, about where people stand when it comes to sick pay. Have you got a story similar to Patrick, where you've been working for a while, you get poorly, you think, oh, I don't, don't, it doesn't matter. Sick pay. And then you come up against a brick wall. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Coming up to six thirty. Let's get the travel with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Both of the bridges over the River Great Ouse at Felmersham and Harold are closed because of flooding. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital looking heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise a lane is closed between Junction 23 for South Mims and 22 for St Albans for barrier repairs. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. People in Bedford say the proposal for a 29-bed drug rehabilitation centre is in the wrong place. The site is behind the free school opposite sheltered housing next to a children's play area and a new block of flats. A man will stand trial today accused of a murder in Hemel Hempstead. 31-year-old James Carbert from Epping Green is accused of killing Thomas Baird at his bungalow in Westerdale Road last March. A man from Hertfordshire who broke his foot while working as a security guard says his employers are preventing him from getting sick pay. Patrick Cosgrove from Borehamwood says he's now struggling to make ends meet. The weather, windy again with sunshine and scattered showers with temperatures up to 10 Celsius. Under sport and in football, the Arsenal winger Theo Walcott will miss the World Cup in Brazil this summer after suffering a serious knee injury against Tottenham on the weekend. Walcott will be out of action for at least six months. 
The chief executive of Stevenage, Barry Webber, says he's hoping the FA Cup fourth-round tie against Everton will be televised. If it is, the club will receive a substantial amount of money and Webber says it will be ploughed back into the club. We're hoping to, within the next 24 hours, uh, to know a lot more. And it's subject to, obviously, it's really in the hands of the broadcasters. But what I can say is that, you know, the money generated will be ploughed back into the football club, um, back into the use, back into the training centre, and back into, so hopefully, build on what, what we saw on Saturday. A golfer from Buckinghamshire will play on the European Tour for the first time this year. Tyrell Hatton, who's 22 and from Marlow, gained promotion after a good season last year on the Challenge Tour. He's now going to be playing with some of the best golfers in the world, but he has big ambitions. In three years' time, I'd like to be top 50 in the world, but just have to see how we go. My ranking at the moment, I think, is around 370th. I mean, I think I started the year... um, about 900 in the world, so I've dropped quite a bit this year. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, earlier on in the show, we spoke to Mark. Uh, we were talking about a drug rehabilitation centre that's being built in, in, in Bedford. Bedford. Thank you. Uh, and I, I don't see how you could possibly object to a drug rehabilitation centre being built. It's a place where people are turning their lives around to try and make their lives better. Well, Mark disagreed. This is what Mark had to say. I'll begrudge my tax money being spent on rehabilitating people who put themselves in that position. Same as drunks, you all have the choice whether you take it or you don't. And I'll begrudge my tax money, a lot of it being spent on these people. And when they go to court for things, it's used as an excuse. Oh, they were on this, they were on that. No, you put yourself on that, you put yourself into that. Take responsibility for yourself. Well, Mark begrudges his hard-earned tax money being spent on things like that. Drug addicts should take responsibility for themselves. Well, isn't that what they're doing by going to rehabilitation centres? They're taking responsibility. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Would you uh, object to a drug rehabilitation centre being built near you? We're also taking your calls on sick pay. But before we do that, now yesterday, Catherine, I don't know if you remember, I was talking about Rodriguez. Oh, um... It was a film, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, in 1969, mm-hmm. Rodriguez made two albums, okay, oh, right. that, that didn't sell many copies, sold about oh. six copies, okay? Then they made this documentary about how they uh, he was bigger in South Africa than Elvis. Right, so he'd be living the life of Riley then, surely? No, because he didn't know about it, you see. Oh. Why have you, I get the feeling you're being sarcastic. Would you like to hear one of his songs? Yeah. No, yeah, go on. But thanks for your time, then you can thank me for mine, and after that said, forget it, don't be a name, there's no one to blame, no reason why you should stay here and lie to me. Don't say anymore, just walk out the door, I'll get along fine, you'll see. But thanks for your time, then you can thank me 
When you're down and trouble. Uh, yes, you got a friend, but he did his first. Did he? Yeah, he did. They stole it. Like, I think I can say this: that James Taylor or whoever, or Carol King, whoever wrote that song, oh. stole it from Rodriguez. Of course, legally, I cannot say that, so I take that back. What did you reckon, Kelly Betts? I loved it. Yeah, you yes. see. More of that. Yeah, you should watch the film. There's a film about him. Who is there? Yeah. I've not heard this. What? What's, what's it? I'll, t- I'll talk to you about it later. I get the feeling you're both being very, very sarcastic. What? Carl's in Hitching. Good morning, Carl. Uh, good morning, Megan. Carl, you've had a problem with sick pay, have you? Yeah, at this time last year, we were going... We, I actually worked for a charity... Uh, you for a small charity, and then we were getting taken over by a big charity. OK, and no uh, names. No, no, and, um... Uh, during the 2P transfer, uh, they decided not to pay sick pay across the board, just, oh. um... Because they didn't like the way the transfer was going. And I had to have cancer investigations. I was pretty ill with a gallbladder problem at the time, but... The doctors indicated it could be cancer, put me on the fast cancer uh, investigation route. Cut a long story short, it turned out to be a bowel problem. Um, went to my employee, asked, you know, could, could you make it an individual case, pay me n- normal sick pay? They said no, they'd only pay me statutory sick pay. So, that, so like I say, this time last year, just going through Christmas, off <sighs> 20 days, then went back to work early because I was ill. Uh, and then they, they basically wouldn't pay. They gave me such a sick pay. And then uh, an operation is now needed, and my employer is refusing to pay me the ta- 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 pay me to have the recovery time to have the operation. So let's just go. You haven't got cancer, but you have got a serious gallbladder problem yeah. that needs an yeah. operation, and you're, the company won't pay for you. How, how long will your recovery time be? Do you think? Uh, they're staying up to five weeks, but I, I'm hoping three to four weeks should should do it. I imagine I'm quite 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 a strong what, person. What happens, Carl, if you don't have the operation? Well, I just have flare-ups until, until, until it's sorted. I have flare-ups, and I'm, 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 the, I'm the only wage winner in the house because my wife stays home. We've got three children, four, four children. You forgot one, one there for a second. How did, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's disabled, so she's at home with them all the time. Well, the thing is, uh, you, you don't want to mess around with this, Carl, because it can be very nasty, can't it? Yeah, no, it can kill me. Uh, if, if I go jaundiced and I, I, it's not caught in time, I mean, I know the symptoms to look for. Uh, I, the worst scenario is I could die. Um, but the, 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 the best scenario is, is that the thing is I know what to look for if something's going to happen and I get to the doctor straight away. Like, and he deals with it. Carl, how is, that, how is this making you and your family feel? You must be quite anxious. Yeah, I mean, it's quite depressing. Uh, like the guy said before, it, it gets you down. Um, and with my, again, it, it really gets you. When you know you, you work for a charity and they're dealing with you like this, but they, they, they want to be seen as white as white, and they're not. They're not a nice people. And it's not the charity. It's not the, the big people. It's man, middle management. It's, they're, they're just horrible people. 
Carl, I appreciate your call. Keep, do let us know, you know, how this situation progresses, won't you? Keep in touch with us and keep listening to the show because we'll be speaking to someone from ACAS later on. I thought that the companies were obliged to play, pay stick pay, but obviously they're not. I think it's time we all checked our terms and conditions. Well, I know I don't get sick pay. I do, I'm, I'm self-employed, even though I work here. I don't, I don't pay. I don't work. I don't get paid. Uh, but that's in, I, I'm speechless by the gallbladder is serious. This is what my dad had before he then got cancer and passed away, and he was he was jaundiced and my, was my terrible. My has been state. in that hospital with this as well, and it's very very dangerous. That's first left a, a, a rather unpleasant taste in my mouth. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Your your uh, run-ins, please, with uh, with sick pay and uh, how you've been affected. I'm I'm very naive. I thought that you you went with a doctor's note and you got pay, Catherine. Newspapers. Newspapers. 60 mile per hour green speed limit on the motorways. Don't worry, not here, uh, between Nottingham and Chesterfield. Who wants to go there? But it's to meet... It's quite nice in Nottingham, actually. That's where I went to university. Is Nottingham within our region? No. Then who wants to go there? Oh, right, yeah, we're not allowed to be on the borders Suckers. anymore, Suckers. Um, so it's to meet Euro- European Union pollution targets. Ah, Brussels again, you see. Yeah, those crazy so Euro Ten crats. miles per hour slower than you would be going because hey, you'd just... be going the speed limit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. What else you got, Catherine? Um, there was that story about the Australian who trapped himself in the top loader. What, the band? You've got that one, haven't you? He trapped himself in a band. <laughs> was he dancing in the moonlight by any chance? No, he was, he was lying in wait for his girlfriend, this 20-something, decided it would be hilarious to jump out on her. Not from behind a door, no, from inside a washing machine naked. Now, something to me about that story, I know I'm not Miss Marple, but it doesn't stack up. I have, well, maybe it was stacked up, that's why he well, got stuck. Well, they had to use lots of olive oil to get him out. All right, we've all, now listen, we've all hidden in places naked to disturb um, our partners and work colleagues, haven't we? What, washing machines? Well, if I could, if I could get in a washing machine... <laughs> I totally would. Kelly Betts, you're tiny. You ever been in a washing machine? Yes. What? I made sure it was unplugged, though. Really? Yeah, I just wanted to see if I could get in it. Kids, don't do right, this please. at home. Don't do this at home. But, but I totally got in there. If you do, make sure it's being filmed. Don't. Don't. But film it, but, but don't do it. Picture, but don't. Don't. Thank you very much indeed. Justin, what, what, what are you doing here? Talking about uh, Richard Newton, uh, who's who? in the papers this morning. He was the man who was uh, driving quite literally hands-free. Hey! Uh, he was uh, <laughs> driving down this road. Well done, uh, he's got his hands behind his head. It looked like he was on a beach somewhere. It's the kind of pose that somebody yeah. would have if they were sitting if... on a sunbed. So uh, he was caught by a mobile unit. He was fined £625 and uh, he was given a 12-month ban, but he wasn't sent to prison. Um, a lot of people have been talking about this. I know that, that you've seen the first decision. Again, you are kind of surprised that, that, that people are getting away with this because you do see this quite often, don't you? People doing stupid things on the roads. You, you've seen it, Ian. Come on. You must have seen this sort of thing. Well, I've not seen that. What's the name of the... Um it looked like he was doing a Hugh Grant, didn't it, as he was driving along? Oh, See, what, stop it. What he said was he had a back problem yeah. and he was taking a stretch. Good for him. For a mile and a half. Yes, no. Absolutely <laughs> no, Very, very naughty. The video's on the Facebook it page. It looks like if a cocky a position to me. It looks so ridiculous. So um, I've been talking to professional drivers on the A5. I've been asking them this morning uh, what's the most ridiculous thing that they've seen on the roads. Here's what they had to say. I've seen all sorts from makeup going on with young ladies, uh, gents shaving. Uh, drinking cups of tea and coffee on the way to work, eating toast, all sorts of things. Well, you've got to have a zero, zero tolerance on it, uh, no exceptions, and just basically, obviously, fine accordingly, because people are obviously still doing it and they're not bothered by the results. I've seen uh, quite a few drivers still using their handset while driving, washing the telly. 
interested. Hang on a second. Watching the telly, did you say? Watching the telly, yeah. I mean, with there's um, so many applications uh, on um, on the handsets that you can be able to to put them on and uh, watch the videos, video clips and stuff like that, YouTube's and stuff. I'm not going to mention the names, but yeah. I mean, there's so many applications that you can be able to watch. You look shocked there, Catherine. I've seen people watching telly. I've seen people doing How Skype. How desperate are you to see a hamster on a piano? I once got in a cab, right, Justin? <laughs> I got in a cab. Yeah. Right. Um, it was one of these people carriers. It was late at night. And this said, oh, you've got, you got um, screens here, DVD players. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, do you want to see what I was just watching? I went, yeah, go on, fine. He put on the naughtiest film I've ever seen in my life. Outrageous. And there's not a lot you can do when that. You go, oh, yeah, that's nice, thanks. Well, later on, we have got a story. Quite how we're going to edit this, I don't know. But um, I have been mm. talking to other drivers, and some of the things that they've seen out there are very naughty, and that doesn't involve a video. That's all I can say for the time being. I'll see you later, Justin. See you later, Ian. You... God, we're all going to get the sack today. Today is the day. You don't believe that people shave and do their makeup. Well, the shaving and doing the makeup thing is people... People always see it. I've never seen it. I've seen a white van driver once reading the paper. I've seen that. I've seen blokes having a shave. Not a wet shade. That would be silly, but with an electric. And I've seen women doing their makeup, of course. No. Yes. Penelope stop. Of course they do. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five. You're never going to get a smooth line, though. You're going to end up coming out looking like Jackie Stallone. Well, I'm looking at your, <laughs> your face now. I'm, I was assuming that's how you applied yours. Cheeky swine. Cheeky so-and-so. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 19 for Watford and 17 for Maple Cross. In Brickywood, the North Orbital is looking heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on public transport, London Midlands have fewer trains running with some using road replacements between Bedford and Bletchley. That journey time may be extended by up to an hour. That's because of an earlier train fault. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Coming up to 6.46, it's Tuesday the 7th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford are opposed to a drug rehabilitation centre near a children's play area and a school. A Hertfordshire man says he's struggling to make ends meet after being unable to get sick pay. And in football, the chief executive of Stevenage says money will be ploughed back into the club if their forthcoming match with Everton is televised. 08459 455 555. Want your stories about sick pay and also bad driving that you've seen. But before that, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Another day and further heavy rain expected for some of us, particularly parts of Buckinghamshire. We do have a Met Office weather warning in place. Some of the rain, this could be quite a lot in a short space of time. It's already falling on swollen rivers and saturated grounds. So if you are worried at all about any flooding, don't forget to check the Environment Agency website or call the floodline number 08459881188. Now these heavy prolonged showers last for this morning. Coming and going and then this afternoon it should start to brighten up a little bit. The showers won't disappear, they'll just become a little less frequent and perhaps a little lighter. We could even see a glimmer or two of sunshine this afternoon. Not quite as mild as it has been for the last few days, 10 Celsius the maximum temperature. Some light showers overnight tonight as well, but they will move away. Maybe some heavier ones as we head through to the early hours of tomorrow morning, but they will clear by the time we get to dawn tomorrow morning. Minimum temperature down to 7 Celsius. And then for the next few days, a little bit of respite. It's looking mainly dry at least through tomorrow 
tomorrow morning. We could get some showers tomorrow afternoon, but it's interspersed with some more sunshine, so some drier weather. Not to say those showers are going to disappear completely, but we should at least see some sunshine. That's your forecast. Roberto Peroni. Or talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a doughboard suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Start out walking, just you wait and see. Uh-uh, guitar picker, you ain't leaving without me. Oh, you big mouth woman. Here on me, get Yes, ma'am, I think we can. Uh-huh. Here's the old diamond, hoping that would shut your mouth. How am I gonna First-class ticket on a luxury liner cruise. I got out in that ocean, looked around there was. Oh, you big mouth woman! You only get the dark gun man. Yes, ma'am, I think we can. Uh-huh. I gave you a big long limousine, but I don't own no car. I gave my love and. You still what you are, you just a big mouth woman. And you're a lonely get your A big mouth women here are two of them now and i don't mean that in a polite way I mean, they literally got massive Thanks. mouths they could put a whole pizza in there without blinking says mr smallmouth now uh, you've got to admit it thanks to virginia wolf jermaine greer and the spice girls but you women you love ironing you love it you've listened to all these feminists for too long oh no don't like ironing oh no don't like ironing yes you do you find it satisfying satisfying who was the lady kirsty Allsop, wasn't it yesterday from location location you finish the rest um banging on about how she loves and adores ironing well kelly betts you've never ironed oh, anything yeah. in your life that's not true. Sorry? That's not true. You don't do it very often. That's true. Thank you very much indeed. So we sent you the task, sent you the task of yesterday, uh, ironing and recording yourself before the ironing, doing the ironing, <laughs> 
and then recording yourself after the art and then see how you felt. What, why are you laughing? Firstly, I need to explain how I felt before now. Well, let's listen to... Just... What? So, before uh, I started ironing, I, I felt uh, slightly smiley. Okay. Um, why, let's just listen to the... Pa- Ian thinks this should be some sort of sensual experience. It's a zen. It's a transcendent moment where you connect with the universe. You become one with the Godhead. When was the last time you did a shirt? E. Would you like to hear what happened? Well, yeah, I'm assuming in this we're going to hear... Bef- yesterday the request was very simple. Record you before the ironing, doing the ironing and after the ironing. So we're going to hear all that now, are we? Mm-hmm. OK, well, do you want to introduce it? It's actually self-contained. OK, here we go. Yesterday on Ian Lee's award-winning show... Oh, no, it's not. Is it award Yes, it is. Yesterday on Ian Lee's breakfast show, this happened. I've got a suggestion, Kelly. Okay. Today, Mm. what I want you to do is I want you to go home and I want you to to do some ironing and record yourself doing some ironing and record your mood before, during and after the iron. And then we'll play it out on the show tomorrow and you'll prove that I am right. So I stuck to my word and I'm going to iron to see if I feel happier. This is how ironing sounds on the radio. And this is how ironing feels on the radio. So in answer to the all-important question, do women feel happier after they've ironed something No, they feel the same, except they've ironed something. I'm glad that I could help carry out that task. Well, that's the most essential bit of radio I've heard in a long, long time. There's no steam, though, I noticed. No, it wasn't a steam iron. What was it, from warmed up on the hob? It's just a, an iron. It didn't sound like ironing. It was ironing. What did you iron? A T-shirt. Just one T-shirt? Yes. You've got to do more than that. You've got right. to do, like, 30 I items. I felt straight afterwards. So it didn't, it didn't have the desired effect on you? No. Can I be honest with you? Yes. Permission to speak freely, mm. OK? And we're, we're friends, mm. so you can... You, you'll take this as in the way it's meant. Yes. That was flipping awful. Thanks, mate. That was a really awful, awful bit of radio. Well, what I mean, really, just... really stinky. I mean... You wanted me to iron uh, on the radio. Ah! Uh, there was no passion in it. There was no All right, then. build up. How about you could have had a bit of music in there. Tonight, you record yourself uh, hoovering. Okay, fine. All right. Right, I'll show you how to do a, a piece about hoovering. Okay. Tell you oh, what I've I- got that I do actually enjoy using. What? Really enjoy using. Well, what, where's this going? We're on the radio. Carpet cleaner. Deary me, I can only apologise. Very poor, very poor.
Disappeared, didn't she? Didn't she? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call, drug rehabilitation centres. How could people object to having one built? How can they object to people having one built? It's people trying to improve their lives, to turn their lives around. Also, what are the worst examples of driving you've ever seen? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise struggling between Junction 19 for Watford and 17 for Maple Cross. Things busy in Brickett Wood on the North Orbital. That's heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. The A1M southbound also struggling through the Stevenage Junctions. That's 8 to 7. On public transport, London Midlands are running with fewer trains with some using road replacements between Bedford and Bletchley. Journey times can be ex- extended sorry, by up to an hour there. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. And also your examples of how you've been affected by sick pay. Incredible story. A fellow worked for a security company for 11 years, broke his foot, no sick pay. Another fellow, he's got problems with his gallbladder, needs an operation. The company won't pay while he's off recovering. This man could die. What's happened to you? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, plans for a drug rehabilitation centre in Bedford face opposition. Man on trial for the murder of a 63-year-old in Hemel Hempstead and Hertfordshire man struggling after not getting sick pay. BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford say the proposal for a 29-bed drug rehabilitation centre is in the wrong place. The site is behind the free school, opposite sheltered housing, next to a children's play area and a new block of flats. These residents say it could be in a better location. But I'm not too sure where the location of it is any good though. Like the big flats are supposed to create like loads of hope and potential for Bedford and then you've got a drug rehab next to it. I suppose maybe nearer the hospital may be good, I don't know. A man will stand trial today accused of a murder in Hemel Hempstead. 31-year-old James Carbutt from Epping Green is accused of killing Thomas Baird at his bungalow in Westerdale Road last March. The 63-year-old died from head and neck injuries and stab wounds to the chest. The Business Secretary, Vince Cable, has dismissed the government's target of reducing net migration to below 100,000 by the next election. In an interview for a documentary on immigration on BBC Two tonight, he says the idea is impractical. Campaigners are celebrating after winning their battle to save a swimming pool in Houghton Regis. Three years ago, Central Bedfordshire Council wanted to close Houghton Regis Leisure Centre to save money. They've now decided to reopen the pool, which has been closed for two years. Campaigner Kay Hudgel says they decided to work with the council rather than against them. The odds are stacked against us, but um, we, we felt that if we worked with the council... Um, we might get somewhere rather than sort of just bulldoze ahead. A BBC investigation has revealed that some people visit accident and emergency departments dozens of times each year. Figures obtained under freedom of information requests show fewer than 12,000 patients account for more than 200,000 visits. A man from Hertfordshire who broke his foot while working as a security guard says his employers are preventing him from getting sick pay. He isn't getting his salary and claims his employer didn't process his request for government-funded sick pay. Patrick Cosgrove from Boreham Wood says he's now struggling to make ends meet. Well, it's been a financial struggle. I mean, we're already behind with rent and whatnot and um, it's just you get bills coming in and when there's no wage coming in, you're wondering how, you, how you're going to pay out anything. After start ringing up a company telling them, to them, sorry, but I haven't got the money. How am I supposed to pay you? In sport, Stevenage Football Club is hoping its FA Cup fourth-round tie against Everton will be televised. Chief Executive Barry Webber says it would bring in a lot of money, which would plough back into the club. And Whipsnade Zoo is beginning its annual New Year stock take. Counting its 2,500 animals every year is a requirement for the zoo to keep its licence. The weather, another windy day with sunshine and scattered showers, blustery and heavy at times, temperatures today up to 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's wet. I just looked out the window. Oh, it's horrible out there. It's chucking it down. Absolutely terrible. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. Stay in. A- Listen, if it's your first day back at school today, you have an official Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio get out of school pass. It works. It's legal. Seriously, you go in tomorrow, you, you print it off from the website, you go in tomorrow, you take it in and hand it in, and the teacher goes, oh, oh that's, that's fine, OK, yes. To deal with, worked out with all of the schools in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Lots coming up, including... Pro- proposals 
for a rehab centre in Bedford are causing a stir in the local area. It'll be sandwiched in between the town's free school and a children's playground, but how can you object to people who are trying to turn their lives around? Getting your stories as well this morning about sick pay. How easy was it when you were poorly to get some money off of your boss? And there's a great video on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Of a chap who's caught speeding with his hands behind his head. He's driving with his knees. This is always a great one. Give me your calls with your examples of bad driving, please. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459... Four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, Dennis is in Dunstable. He survived another night. For that, we're all grateful. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ian. Dennis, what can I do for you, sir? I had a touch of deja vu this morning. Oh, yeah, go on. I woke up. Yes. And we're talking about ironing. Well, you were talking about ironing yesterday. Now, I listened to Kelly Ironing and I thought that was delightful. Wasn't it? Wasn't it, it was absolutely superb. Yes. Yes. Especially if you're ironing something that didn't need ironing in the first place. Oh. You know, you just put. You don't <laughs> iron a t shirt. No, what? You don't iron a t shirt. Because you iron a t shirt. You iron no, a t shirt. Because they're nice, nice and tight fitting. You, don't, you won't get creases in them anyway. Honestly. Anyway. I've got, got, got a text from Jen of Houghton Regis. Yes. Are you still on about ironing? It's the most boring chore there is and can only be tolerated if you are listening to a really good radio programme at the same time, like Paul O'Grady. So you'll understand why I'm not ironing at the moment. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. That's rude about me, isn't it? No, it isn't. Yeah. The one thing I would like to know, though, if, if I get a de- deja vu moment de- in the deja morning... Vu? When you've talked about these people doing funny things in the car, yes, I'd like to do it tomorrow. What? And what I can suggest to make it more exciting, yes, make them drive over a lumpy road, fast over a dump. That that would be exciting. I've literally no idea. What, what's, what's everyone smoking this morning? Have they, I've missed. I've not seen that story in the papers where they made LSD legal. What on earth is going on there? I've come to a very worrying conclusion. Please do. Dennis in Dunstable's number is the only number I know off by heart. What? I know. What, not even your mum's or your nope. boyfriend's? Nope. Just Dennis and Dunstable. So Wowzers. if I'm out of battery on my mobile phone <laughs> and I've broken down, yeah. the only number I can call is Dennis's. Well, that's, um, that's a sad state of affairs. And I don't even know what he's on about half the time. So. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Two questions, mm. okay? I don't know anybody's phone number anymore. Mm. Well, the only phone number I know... Uh, is my old phone number from the house I lived in when I was 11. Yeah. It's... 74595. 74595. I know that number, but I don't know any other number. Mm. What, how, what, what's that all about? What, where did our phones. brains... Mobile they do phones. It all for us, don't they? And here's another question. Okay. Right? How many people are living in the UK? What, about 65 million, million? Something like that. How many families are living in the UK? Yeah? Yeah? I was thinking about this last night. How many families are living in the UK? Why are you putting that face, Catherine? Why are you thinking this stuff? Because <laughs> I, was, I, I was bored. Uh, and I was trying to work out... You're how... yourself. No, it's, it's a good one. I was trying to work it out. How many families are there in the UK? A thousand? Yeah. That sounds about right. 
Well, how many do you think there are then? Loads. I don't care. That's actually a really good thought. Thank you. Um, Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. When, you, when it pops up, you go, oh, that's a boring thought. Then you think you about think it. think about you it. You think, actually, it's a really good thought. Yeah. Is it half past 11 in the pub? No. Let's move on. Talk to Donst- Donstable Dennis. He's Can, still there. We've, uh, Dennis, you still there? Of course I am. Yes. Yeah, you, uh, have, uh, why have I not cut you off? I don't know. Let's try that. Can we get an expert on before the end of no, the show? It's boring. Two thirds of the people here, admittedly one of them's Kelly Betts, but I'm going to use her as a person in this instance. Thanks, mate. Th- you're welcome. Two thirds of the people here are interested, okay? That means two thirds of the listeners are interested. That means no, you have to, to find an expert by the end of the show who can tell us how many families there are. There we go. Are you interested? Call me now. 08459 It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we're always asking you to get in touch with uh, your stories, and lots of you do. Sometimes you'll want to come on and tell it yourself. Other times, it's a bit sensitive, so you'd rather stay anonymous. And so thank you to the person who called us with this one. It's from Bedford, where proposals for a drug rehabilitation centre nestled snugly between a children's playground and a free school is ruffling feathers. Here's what people living and working nearby told us. I think it would be quite a good idea, but I'm not too sure where the location of it is any good, though. I mean, you've got that sort of brand new, and that's obviously supposed to, like, the big flats are supposed to create like loads of hope and potential for Bedford and then you've got a drug rehab next to it. As far as you're concerned, this place opposite sheltered housing accommodation though, next to a children's play well, area? Well, I don't know, maybe not, yeah, maybe not there. And the Bedford Free School of course, just over the road. Um, yeah, so good the location. Yes, I suppose maybe nearer the hospital may be good, I don't know, maybe somewhere over there, keep it all contained. Well, Apu Bagchi is a local councillor and joins me now. Good morning, Apu. Good morning. You can understand people's concerns, can't you? Indeed, absolutely. I do. So why have you chosen this location near a playground and a school? Well, I haven't chosen, as you know, that I have my my grave uh, doubts about it. But uh, I fully appreciate that the um, it's one of these scheme has come through through the um, scheme of uh, you know housing and all the rest of it by the council and council is looking at it and, and one good thing at the moment is that the up to 15th of January people will be able to put all their ideas and views about it because the consultation period is going to end on the 15th of January and I understand um, from the council. Uh, planning officers that it may come uh, in front of the planning committee on end of February, sometime in uh, 24th of February. So I think there is a time, and I hope that the, the listening counseling, which we are supposed to be, that we need to uh, really take account of the people who have um, got their uh, ideas and views and concerns. Would you? Are you happy with the, the chosen site, Apu? I will not be happy because I think the location is not very um, conducive for this kind of development. Um, but at the same time, I fully appreciate that the, the people, these vulnerable people, need to be housed, and they should be, you know, given the opportunity of um, coming to contact with the community. Apu, as a whole. Can, I, can I play a clip earlier on uh, in the show? We spoke to a, a caller called Mark. Uh-huh. Have a listen to this. This is what Mark had to say. I'll begrudge my tax money been spent on rehabilitating people who put themselves in that position. Same as drunks, you all have the choice whether you take it or you don't. And I'll begrudge my tax money, a lot of it being spent on these people. And when they go to court for things, it's used as an excuse. Oh, they were on this, they were on that. No, you put yourself on that, you put yourself into that. 
take responsibility for yourself. Apu, what's your reaction to Mark? Well, I can understand Mark's uh, view. I, I, I fully sympathise, but I don't agree with him because I think in the end, the society, we have a uh, society where we do feel that there are people need to be uh, looked after, need to be given an, uh, an opportunity. And again, coming back to this whole idea that, that the people who are, these people are already around us. I mean, they are not in the same building, perhaps, but they are around us. So if we can actually provide them with a proper managed centre, and this is the whole point of it. The nub of the matter is that if it were to give the permission, and I hope the uh, council will not give it permission because it is not going to be a right place. Its location is going to be very important. But if we are to give a permission to a, a kind of um, um, shelter housing and whatever you can call it, and affordable housing association, which this uh, particular development is talking about, we need to know about those housing associations, what kind of housing association is going to manage, and if it is going to be managed properly, and how is it, is it that they have had any uh, good track record. We need to find out those kind of things. And my uh, plea to the council at the moment, as you know, that I'm an independent member, and my colleague and I, we are extremely concerned that some of the things we do in the town centre in the name of development, it can be quite a serious um, detriment to the people who live there. So I think we need a really proper debate on this and a proper discussion and, and have a meaningful uh, discussion with the people who are around that area so that they can feel that they actually can put forward their ideas and views. If it's not built in this proposed location, Apu, where yeah. would you like to see it? Well, uh, uh, again, uh, you, you, you know, you, you put me into the... But it might be a very good idea. The deputy mayor or the mayor's own little patch, they can actually put forward those kind of things. I'm, 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 I don't know. All I'm saying that we do need to find a place, obviously, and but that place should be given a due regard to its proper, you know, the amenities as well as the uh, managed... It should be managed in such a way that there are, you know, the opportunities for these people will be there so that they will not feel they're totally cut off. When is a decision due? Uh, I gather this is what I'm saying, that the, the 24th of February is okay. supposed to be the date when the planning committee will meet, and then, then they will discuss. So there is some time, and I, I do hope the council, as well as the residents around that area, and I'm definitely going to push for some sort of discussion with those uh, developers, as well as the, the, we don't know which particular housing association is going to manage this whole site. So they need to come forward, they need to talk to these people around, and those people who have got these kind of ideas and views. Apu, thank you very much indeed. That's Apu Bagchi, who uh, is a local councillor. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. How could you object to a drug rehabilitation centre? It's a place where people who have recognised they have a disease, they have a problem, and are doing their best to correct that. They're doing their best to become responsible and productive members of society again. It's difficult, isn't it, to, um, to dismiss that, to poo-poo that? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M40 London bound, there are two lanes closed after an accident just before Junction 1A for the M25. Very slow on the approach there. Thanks to Kevin for phoning in. The M25 anti-clockwise looking stop-start between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. A1M southbound still struggling between Junction 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Welling Garden City. On public transport, London Midlands have fewer trains running, with some using road replacement between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, 7.16, it's Tuesday the 7th of January. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford are opposed to a drug rehabilitation centre near a children's play area and a school. A Hertfordshire man says he's struggling to make ends meet after being unable to get sick pay. And in football, Stevenage are hoping their FA Cup fourth round match against Everton will be televised. The weather today, windy with sunshine and showers, some of which will be very heavy. 08459 455 555. Coming up, we'll be getting your stories about sick pay. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. The next hour, I'll be taking you on the journey of one Bedfordshire Charities Challenge to form a choir in only eight weeks. But there is a way you can hear it all again. It's going to be quite difficult and we're not really going to know until we sing, I guess. Go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again. Amy, you did it. You sang your solo and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. (laughs) Singing for chums. bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 08459 555. You can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We put up the cracking bit of video of uh, a gentleman caught speeding, but he's driving, with, he's driving with his knees. He has his hands behind his head. What's the worst bits of driving you've seen? Um, some of the Facebook comments. Um, Trudy says, they can catch this idiot, but can't catch all of those idiots on their phones. Dobbs says, needs hanging. Bring back hanging, Ian. Peter says, OK, it looks bad on the face of it, but I would not say it's dangerous. What? He's driving with his knees, you plum. Put it into context. There was nothing in the lane ahead. No junctions coming up. No pedestrians likely to step out in front of him. He steered the car around a bend, albeit with his knees, quite accurately. <laughs> oh, it was accurate, was it? Not defending his actions, but I see drivers every day that are really dangerous, on the phone whilst negotiating roundabouts, no signals, and not aware of their surroundings. At least this chap is looking where he's going. Well, maybe you agree with Peter. Maybe you think it's not such a big deal. Maybe you drive like this all the time. I remember back in the 70s, my dad used to drive with his knees on the motorway uh, as he was rolling a roll-up. 08459 455 555. Now, the the whole show is driven this morning by stories that you have supplied to us, so thank you very much uh, for that. Patrick Cosgrove from Boreham Wood got in touch with us. He's been working for the same security firm for 11 years, but back in November he broke his foot and got signed off work by the doctor. Then he discovered his employers don't do sick pay. Wow! Well, Michael Meeling is from the Federation of Small Business and uh, Regional Policy Chairman. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. I was surprised by this. I thought it was that, that, that all companies had to do sick pay. There is a government scheme called statutory sick pay, which applies to all employees. 
but of course it has its own comp- somewhat complicated uh, qualification uh, provisions and so on and uh, there are waiting days when people are away sick but have not yet become entitled to sick pay so it can be a bit complicated but yes uh, employment is covered by a, a scheme called statutory sick pay and many other empl- uh, many employers of course uh, supplement that with um, um, sums of money which may take people up to normal earnings. So if someone's worked at a company for 10, 11 years, they break their foot uh, and they think they'll get some sick pay because they can't walk, how can the company then say, no, sorry, you're not getting anything? Uh, Well, I can't comment on a particular case, obviously, without going into an almost amount of detail. Um, As I say, the the provisions of Secretary Sick Pay are are slightly complicated because it has to cover, you know, four million different employers, but... um, uh, it is unusual to, to find it, uh, that there are this sort of problems, but I, I imagine there, there will be something to do with the uh, qualifying days or something like that. We had, it turns out this, this is actually quite common, and I know, of course, you can't refer to individual cases, but we had another call from a gentleman who's, who needs an operation on his gallbladder, could be off work for four weeks, and again, the company refusing to pay anything. Now, that, that, that gentleman could potentially die with something like that. How common is this problem? Uh, I, I'm certainly not aware of an, uh, many problems with statutory sick pay because it's been with us a long time uh, and people have got used to the systems and uh, most, uh, a lot of employers um, outsource their payroll operations and so on. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there are sources of advice about uh, citizens' advice. Bureaus will have people who, who know a lot about the details of these sorts of regulations. Uh, the, the Federation of Small Businesses, of course, is a lobbying organisation which seeks to ease the, the regulatory burden on uh, particularly small well, I was businesses. I going to ask, Michael, is there too much legislation and regulation on small business? Uh, this is what our members tell us, that, you know, a considerable amount of time they spend in their business is to deal with uh, paperwork and bureaucracy caused by government regulation and we constantly uh, talk to politicians and civil servants about how the burden can be eased. um, What are the basic kind of statutory rules around sick sick pay? Is is everyone generally speaking entitled to a certain number of days? Uh, Well people are entitled in their employment to what their employment contract says but underpinning that, there are a series of uh, statutory um, regulations concerning notice periods, redundancy pay, and indeed sick pay. Yeah. Michael, thank you very much indeed. Michael Meeling from the Federation of Small Business and Regional Policy Chairman. Well, I- I'm keen to get your stories this morning. How have you been affected? Have you been working at a place for a while? You've got a bit poor, you need some time off. You think, ah, it doesn't matter, I'll get some sick pay. And yet when you get in touch with your company, your boss... They go, uh, yeah, no, sorry, we don't do sick pay. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Talking about a drug rehabilitation centre that could potentially be built in Bedford. Could be in between a school, playground, uh, a playground, sorry, and a free school. What do you think? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Larry's in Aylesbury. Morning, Larry. Uh, morning. Res- local residents are worried. Should they be? Well, I, I think you have to understand the residents' misgivings because th- there are some the problems associated with anything like the centre. Um, some some people are just at the centre because they're caught 
bail conditions or whatever require them to attend it. So they're attending under sufferance and they might or might not have any intention of giving up their habit. That's one point. Second point is those places do attract dealers. It's a fact of life. If a dealer knows that he's got 50 customers, he'll go and try and service those customers. And the other thing is about alcoholics, even if they're trying to give, a, give up, you can't legislate for their friends coming along and saying, do you want to share my cans of booze or whatever? And they're less likely to walk two miles to the park. They might just sit down straight outside the center on the nearest bench. So the residents you know, do have a right to raise the questions. But your point that, you know, if people are trying to get off their addictions, they should be given help needs to be acknowledged as well. It's a fine, fine line, really. We sp had, spoke to a caller uh, about an hour ago, Mark, who said that drug addiction and alcoholism is self-inflicted. <laughs> I think if he was talking about someone who'd lost both their legs in a car accident as a result of uh, a crash that they had through their own fault, he'd probably be more sympathetic because it's probably closer to experiences he, he can understand. He probably hasn't had any problem, thank, thank God for him, with excess use of drugs or alcohol. So he's, he's just totally unsympathetic. And why are you so sympathetic, Larry? Well, because I've struggled with alcohol through a very pressurised job in the city, um, and I've had very bright ex-Oxbridge friends um, who've struggled with drugs. You know, uh, Nigeria and Lawson might be in the news now, but there are a host of people, um, clever and bright and lucid and intelligent, who struggled with drugs. So what did alcohol, was it just alcohol for you or drugs as well? Uh, alcohol was a far bigger problem than, than okay. drugs what? because it was far easier working in the city to convince yourself you needed a beer after work. And, and what did alcohol do for you? Well, I just became obnoxious. But how, but how did... It, you, I'm assuming you were drinking to, to, to change the way you felt or to get you away from some feelings. Well, so how, a in that instance, it was, it was a, just a stress, purely a stress release. Yeah. And I'm sure there are many guys kind of working very hard on building sites and production lines and so on and so on who do exactly the same thing. You know, um, the point is it, it's, it's when things get a bit about it, out of control... You know, you need some help to get back on track. Would you say your problem was self-inflicted? <clears throat> Given that there was no one actually pouring the alcohol down me, and it was a, <laughs> the glass was attached to my hand, yes, it was self-inflicted. Mm. But, you know, I happened to have a very serious bereavement um, at the same time. Now... I can turn around and blame that. But I would imagine your earlier caller would have the same problem. You know, people we know well die all the time, just get on with it. You know, it's a balancing act. It's, the residents have a 
you know, the residents are right to have misgivings, and I think they need reassurance. Um, but to your point, that if someone's committed to a rehabilita rehabilitation programme, they're taking the right steps in the right direction. Larry, can I ask you a, a, a question? And you don't need to answer if you don't want to. Are you sober now? Yeah, yeah, I drink about once a month. When was the last time you had a drink? Well, as it was just Christmas, I had a drink at Christmas. Mm. I didn't have a drink at New Year. Um, so that probably puts me in quite a minority. And when you had a drink at Christmas, how much did you drink? I... Four or five glasses of wine. Yeah. Um, which is quite a lot for me these days because I'll, you know, probably make a pint last an hour and a half. Mm. Um, you don't worry. That, you don't that, worry that by having uh, the, the odd one, that you might no, slip I've back. Been, I've been through that, and I've spent you know a large amount of money on things like the priory and so on to get to the stage I'm at, and I was lucky enough to have the money to to do that. Not everyone is that lucky. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a process. And also, you never know what the person's story is behind it. They, they can be drinking because, as I say, of bereavement or person, you know, personal crises or whatever. And it's far too easy just to say, oh, it's all self-inflicted. Larry, I appreciate your call this morning. Uh, keep on keeping on. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 London bound is blocked with traffic being held after an accident just before Junction 1A for the M25. Congestion's going back to Junction 2 for Beaconsfield at the moment. Thanks to Kevin for phoning in with that. On the M25 anti-clockwise, things are still stop-start between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On the A1M southbound, heavy going between 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Welling Garden City. On public transport, London Midlands are running with fewer trains, with some using road replacement between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. It's 7.30. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, we have a call with someone who's got, well, very strong opinions about addicts and alcoholics. You won't want to miss the call from Sam. 08459 555 555. You can hear it after the news with Jane. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Jane Killick. People in Bedford say the proposal for a 29-bed drug rehabilitation centre is in the wrong place. The site is behind the free school, opposite sheltered housing, next to a children's play area and a new block of flats. A man will stand trial today accused of a murder in Hemel Hempstead. 31-year-old James Carbert from Epping Green is accused of killing Thomas Baird at his bungalow in Westerdale Road last March. A man from Hertfordshire who broke his foot while working as a security guard says his employers are preventing him from getting sick pay. Patrick Cosgrove from Boreham Wood says he's now struggling to make ends meet. The weather, windy again, with sunshine and scattered showers, with temperatures up to 10 Celsius. In football, the Arsenal winger Theo Walcott will miss the World Cup in Brazil this summer after suffering a serious knee injury against Tottenham on the weekend. Walcott will be out of action for at least six months. 
The chief executive of Stevenage, Barry Webber, says he's hoping the FA Cup fourth-round tie against Everton will be televised. If it is, the club could receive a a substantial amount of money and Webber says it will be ploughed back into the club. We're hoping to, within the next 24 hours, uh, to know a lot more. And it's subject to, obviously, it's really in the hands of the broadcasters. But what I can say is that, you know, the money generated will be ploughed back into the football club, um, back into the youth, back into the training centre, and back into, so hopefully, build on what, what we saw on Saturday. A golfer from Buckinghamshire will play on the European Tour for the first time this year. Tyrell Hatton, who's 22 and from Marlow, gained promotion after a good season last year on the Challenge Tour. He's now going to be playing with some of the best golfers in the world, but he has big ambitions. In three years' time, I'd like to be top 50 in the world, but just have to see how we go. My ranking at the moment, I think, is around 370th. I mean, I think I started the year um, about 900th in the world, so I've dropped quite a bit this year. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got a mouthful of nuts, I do apologise. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. Excuse me, including... Well, we're talking about the worst driving you've ever seen. There's a great video on the Facebook page of a gentleman driving, speeding, 63 miles an hour, with his hands behind his head. He's driving with his knees. He's driving with his knees, for goodness sakes. Joseph Letchworth, morning, Your Majesty. <laughs> Good morning, the, my loyal subject. The king, How are you? the king of hearts. This continues and grows in 2014. Don't worry about that. I'm good, thank you. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Um, good, good, good Christmas, good New Year. Uh, Christmas was good. New Year, I never do anything for New Year, so it was just a day. I'm getting fat, Joe. I'm getting fat, and I'm trying to lose weight, which is why I'm chomping on these delicious nuts. <laughs> so, well, we, well, uh, um, 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 yes, just, just, just some um, a small amount of nuts. Yes. Well, a nut, a nuts fatty. They're very fatty, but they're good fats. They're, they're, um, they've got some. They are. They have good fats in them. You say good fats? Is that will they make me fat fats? If you eat too many, yes, of course oh. they will. Any fat will, but they oh. are good fats. What can so I, I eat that will make me skinny? Um, high protein. Handfuls of balance. cocaine. <laughs> Probably do it. Yes. No joke. You I'm joking. No, you can't mention the march. The marching powder, my no, friend. No, I'm joking. It's a joke, of course. It's a joke, um, of course. No, just say uh, high protein will help out. Um, that, avoid that, that's cheese, isn't it? No. no. Uh, Which one's cheese? Dairy. Plenty oh. of fresh fish. I don't uh, eat fish. White lean meat, chicken, turkey. Well, I don't eat any of that, right? Well. Okay, not too many vegetables, believe it or not. Well, I'm, a veg- I'm a vegetarian. Oh, right, well, um, the mysoprite uh, proteins, the veggie, veggie-free mixed burger stuff that you can get. Oh, okay, so I can eat burgers. Beautiful. Anyway, you've not called in to plan out my dietary plan for this year, Joe. What have you got? Well, people driving like idiots. Yeah, go on. Proper idiot. Ian, I do 40,000 miles a year, okay? And I'm up and down the country. I know, sorry. Um, My poor car. And I see it day in, day out. People doing their makeup on the phone, texting, whilst in the outside lane, doing 80, 90 miles an hour plus. I saw a croaking one this morning, actually. Well, I've... There's, um, there's actually been an accident on the M40 between Junction 2 and Junction 3 and um, heading into London. And are you chomping away still? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to swallow. I've got a little bit of um, pistachio stuck in my teeth and I'm trying to get it out. 
Well, if Catherine actually made you a decent cup of tea, you wouldn't have to worry about it, would yes. you? I don't make tea. Oh, good, good, good. I make decent tea all the time. Well, you could, I tell you what, Kelly, why don't you put it to the test? Because I'm a bit busy at the moment, mate. We're doing what? Just getting up some calls. Well, you've got them up. Yeah, but I've got to write about them so you know what's going on. Now, Catherine, you, d- you don't believe that people actually do their makeup whilst driving? I think that's one of those things people say they've seen, but very few people actually see. I've never seen it, and I've never done it. Why would you do that? Because you end up with it all over your face. You're, you're makeup blind. It's back to this feminism again. Right. It's not, I have seen it several, several times. I've also seen men shaving with an electric razor. Right. So it happens. Have you really? Was that yes. in the 80s? No, it's now. I've seen Where it happen. really happen. hurt. Do those electric razors really hurt? I don't like electric razors. It gives me a rash. Mm. So doing it in a car is going to be even more rashy, isn't it? Well, these, these, these are like um, thrusting businessmen, you know, or, or salespeople. Oh, this right. is what they have to chins do. Chins of steel. Chins of steel, isn't it? Chins of steel. I don't like the electric razors, Joe, do you? No, I get the same sort of rash as you. After no. about 30 seconds of using it, it goes all red and horrible. And it's, not, use, but... it's mm. not that close to shave either, is it? It's rubbish. You're better off with a decent, uh, well-known brand wet shave and Gillette. some decent Guys, shave. Joe, yeah, sorry, so. just to interrupt. Um, Go on, Kelly. This is really boring. Sorry? It's even more boring hey, than when I was ironing. We're talking, just, I'm just saying. We're talking about men's grooming habits. This is, this is what... what go, go on this. I'm thinking of turning to heart. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to have to let you go, I'm afraid. Oh, mate, you've got to be joking me. <laughs> <laughs> He's genuinely outraged, and rightly so, rightly so. Joe, I do apologise. Sam's in Luton on the subject of drug rehabilitation. Morning, Sam. Good morning, how are you? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Sam. What would you like to say? Well, I just listened to that last guy speaking there. I don't recall his name, not that it's very relevant the way he was speaking. Larry. Uh, I mean, it's a self-inflicted thing, drugs and alcohol. Totally self-inflicted. I mean, there's so much information available over the last... Sam? Sam? We've lost Sam. Can we get Sam back, please? We've lost Sam. I was interested to see where that was going. Well, while we get Sam back, let's speak to Gary and Luton. Morning, Gary. Hi. Gary, uh, what would you like to say? Uh, Well, the bloke that was just on Sam, I think he's wrong. Completely wrong. I don't think that people choose to be an addict. You never set out. You never never pick up a drink thinking, oh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy my life and everyone around me with it. Or drugs, for that matter. People say say drugs for varying reasons. You know, it could be, uh, you know, uh, from school-age kids just wanting to experiment. But no, I, I believe that sort of there's sort of around about 10% of us that haven't got an off switch when it comes to taking substances. And we can be taken for any different reasons. I took mine to change the way I felt about myself and about life in general. Uh, and, you know, I suffered with addiction for, for many, many years, which led me to being uh, in and out of jail from the age of 14 until my mid-30s. Uh, but I'm now, I'm, I'm now clean, for, clean, clean and sober for over uh, seven years. OK, and how have you got uh, clean no, and sober? Years, have you got clean? Well, congratulations for that. AA, through, through uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. OK. And wh- why, why couldn't you just stop? Um, it was just... No matter how much I tried, and I and I tried over them over them over the period of my drinking, I tried to just abstain and 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 stop. But yet there was no control. As soon as I picked up another drink, I, I was back on it again. Um, I, I would never be. I've, I've, I've never been able to drink sort of like you know two or three drinks and then go home. I would always drink, and most alcoholics drink, and most drug addicts. You know, you don't drink just to get drunk. You drink to annihilation. You get high to annihilation. Nobody goes out and just goes. Uh, right, yeah, I just want to get level. I don't believe in uh, methadone 
or or parking people on subitex and stuff like that either. I believe those, those, are, those are drug substitutes, things. aren't they? They're, they're still drugs, yeah. but they're kind of legal substitutes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe that they're right either. I think that they're good in the short term as a short-term remedy to getting uh, abstinent, but I think that abstinence is the only way to... OK, so, so how did... If you, if you couldn't stop on your own, if you couldn't say, yeah. do you know what, I'm not doing this anymore, how did AA help you stop? It's, 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 a, well, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, a lot of people are put off of AA because of the, uh, what they call the God aspect, but I don't look as God as a geezer in a white beard, uh, you know, looking down on me, threatening me. Uh, I look at it as a power greater than myself. And uh, by living with my, by doing my program, by being a better person, uh, and I am a much better person, I think that all of my family and friends uh, would vouch for that. I'm now studying a degree at uh, at Bedfordshire University. Uh, in psychology and criminal Gary, behavior. stay there for a second, because Sam uh, in Luton is back. Sam, you, I don't know if you heard what Gary was saying there. He was an alcoholic. Uh, he, he couldn't stop. It wasn't self-inflicted. It, it was biological. What, what would you say to him, Sam? Rubbish. On a dirty rubbish. He what? knew, obviously, after the first drink, he knew that obviously he had a weakness for it and also had very little resistance to it. So he should have hit it in the head immediately. You know, they, they can, oh, I can cope with this. I can cope with this. They all say this. They'll make every excuse in the world. They'll blame everyone for their for their weaknesses. Gary, it's, I a, it's a weakness. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, yeah, it is. It, like you know, addiction is a massive weakness. It's a massive weakness to the to the spirit and and to your personality. But it, it, you you can't control it. If you're an addict, you're an addict. Um, what I'm saying, shit, like you know, that having having a theory that sort of like you know, you should just you should just stop it, just is not very helpful. You know, I think that you know we need to be we need to be looking at different ways. You know, than sort of like just saying you need to stop it. You need it like people need a twelve step recovery program. I think, I believe that people should find help. You know, if you think you've got a problem, you need to find help. I'm not saying that, and but these treatment centres. I'm, I'm not saying this treatment centre in particular. Is in a great place. I'm not saying, like you know, that obviously geography needs to be looked at when you're doing that. Put in a bunch of. I, I could understand if I was living on a street and they were thinking, of, oh, I had children going to a school where they were going to open a treatment centre. I wouldn't be too pleased. But these treatment centres do need to be opened, and there needs to be more of them as well. Uh, they're, they're, like Luton is a massive treatment town. I'm, 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 I'm fairly new to the fellowship in, uh, in Luton, but I've met some remarkable people, and 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 I find myself, I'm, like you know, I find my own story remarkable. I, I was in, I was in jail at 14 for the first time, and then I, I was in a cycle of offending and addiction for the, for the best part of sort of 20 25 years. Uh, since I've been clean, I now work voluntary with a social inclusion charity, which I've been doing for the last two years. Uh, I'm doing a degree in psychology and criminal behaviour, and my complete my my total personality has changed. I have never committed an offence again. I will never commit an offence again. Sam doesn't. I'm only pro, um, the only reason that I'm like that is because I've got a program of recovery that I live my life. Sam by. doesn't doesn't Gary's story sound inspiring? Yeah, uh, that doesn't inspire me in the least. Doesn't sound inspiring. Because... Yeah, the lad, uh, the lad has been in prison from the age of fourteen, on and off. His life was a mess. He was killing himself. He's been clean and sober for four years. He's studying psychology. He's he's a productive, responsible member of society again. Doesn't, well, doesn't inspire I don't, you? I don't. I don't re- relate very well to psychology. What I think it is, someone takes up psychology when they've fielded everything else. 
That's for psychology. I'm, I'm, like, although I was a failure in that way, I'm, I'm a good carpenter and joiner as well. You know, I've I've chosen this path because, luckily for myself, through doing my voluntary job, I found that I needed to get to myself some new qualifications so that I could I become become a support worker and help other people like recover from addiction problems. Sam, what do you think should support them? Sam, what do you think should uh, happen to alcoholics and, and drug users? Well, drug users especially, alcoholics are not quite as bad. I think drug users, there's so much information, these these should be taken out and publicly executed, you know. (laughs) I mean, there's so much, yeah, there's so much, you are funny. There's so much information around today. Hang on a second, mate. Hang on a second, so Sam, Sam, let me just get this right. You're, you're suggesting that, that drug users, drug <laughs> drug addicts, should be taken out and publicly executed. Well, that would be, yes, that would be the proper thing to do with them. I mean, they'll use every excuse in the world. I mean, you take an alcoholic, for instance, when he's sober, oh, no, I'm okay now, I'll be able to handle this. Two hours later, he's pissed out of his head down the street, you know. Okay. He'll blame everybody for his... his an alcoholic, drug addict is the same... They'll always find something so let's, to blame. Let's kill, them. Let's kill them. Let's kill them, is your idea. Well, I mean, I think they've got to be put in secure places, at least. Uh, you know, removed from society, because they're a blight on society. OK, Sam, very, very quickly. There was Category C there, so I apologise for that slipping out. Gary, you've got 20 seconds. Your reaction to, to <laughs> Sam? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, that man is mad. That man is an imbecile. Uh, we need to be. We need to. We need to be looking at helping people. The prison system doesn't work. At no point in the whole time that I was in and out of prison did anybody offer me any form of recovery. I had to find recovery myself. Uh, luckily for me, I didn't need a treatment centre. I was at, but I was in a homeless hostel when I found the rooms of AA. Gary, listen, we've got to move yeah. on. Congratulations yeah. on your sobriety. Uh, keep it in the day and uh, and uh, keep on keeping on. Well done. Yeah, all right, cheers, mate. Thank you very much, Gary. And again, apologies. Category C may have slipped out there. Uh, it, you, you may not have heard it. It was so rushed, but we, uh, we apologise. Never our uh, uh, intention to offend with the language on this show. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 London bound is very slow after an accident that happened just before Junction 1A for the M25. Congestion still going back to Junction 2 for Beaconsfield, but all lanes are open, so it should start to ease. M25 anti-clockwise struggling between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Instantly, it's the A428 is heavy eastbound. That's heading towards Cambridge. And on public transport, London Midlands are running a reduced service between Bedford and Bletchley because of a train fault. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.46, Tuesday, the 7th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford are opposed to a drug rehabilitation centre near a children's play area and a school. A Hertfordshire man says he's struggling to make ends meet after being unable to get sick pay. In football, the chief executive of Stevenage says money will be ploughed back into the club if their forthcoming match with Everton is televised. Well, you heard uh, Sam and Gary there talking about drug abuse. What are your thoughts on it? 08459 555. We'll take your calls after the weather with Kate Kinsella. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Another day and further heavy rain expected in the form of prolonged heavy showers making their way across all three counties for a time through the course of the morning and into the first part of the afternoon. Now the Met Office do have a yellow weather warning in place for parts of Buckinghamshire uh, where the rain is likely to fall at its heaviest but it's fairly hard to predict where it's going to be at its heaviest. It's falling on saturated ground of course and uh, already on swollen rivers so if you're worried about flooding at all do call the floodline environment agency floodline on 0845 988 1188 that's 0845 988 1188 or check the environment agency website now it's still going to be windy today just not quite as windy as it has been and a little bit of respite this afternoon it looks like those showers are going to move out of the way we should get some brighter maybe drier conditions as we head towards this evening maximum temperature a little less mild than it has been 10 celsius that's 50 degrees in fahrenheit now we still have some showers overnight as well starting off light some heavier bursts through the middle part of the night but it will move away by dawn minimum temperature 7 celsius 45 degrees in fahrenheit and a better morning tomorrow dry some sunny spells as well we'll get some heavy rain in the afternoon but it's not going to be quite as relentless as it will be through the course of the morning maximum temperature tomorrow 10 celsius that's 50 degrees in fahrenheit and that's your forecast on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, what a busy show. Morning 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call uh, this morning. Lots of you calling in uh, about um, drugs, the Drug Rehabilitation Centre that's planned for Bedford. Not necessarily in the best place. Uh, next to a playground and a, a free school. And someone on the, the Facebook page kind of points that out. Um, if I can find... Uh, these computers are so slow, you would have thought... Uh, Nickasaw says on facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. People are not against the rehab place, they are against the location. Well, it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? 08459 555 Also, on the Facebook page, a cracking bit of video. It's a fella caught speeding, driving with his knees, his knees... Permission to speak freely. We've all done it, haven't we, at some point? I'm not encouraging or condoning it, but haven't we at some point? 08459 555. Philippe, get this, Justin. Have a listen to this. Mm. This is Philippe on the Facebook page. I once saw a guy blowing a trumpet whilst driving up the M1. I couldn't <laughs> believe what I was seeing. True story. Wow. That, that's, wow. That's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that's incredible. But in saying that, of course, you know, if you're driving on a motorway, stay in doubt, you, you are going to see some ridiculous things out there. Uh, Peter on Facebook says, OK, it looks bad on the face of it, but I would not say it's dangerous. Put into context, there was nothing in the lane ahead, no junctions coming up, no pedestrians likely to step out in front of him. He steered the car around a bend, albeit with his knees, quite accurately. I'm not defending his actions, but I see drivers every day that are really dangerous. On the phone whilst negotiating roundabouts, no signals and not aware of their surroundings. At least this chap is looking where he's going. 
Come on, Ian. I mean, th I think the video says it all. It looks like this man is on a, a sunbed somewhere. Richard Newton, uh, he didn't go to jail. He was fined £625, and he's been banned from driving right. for 12 months. Be but he, a lot of people think he should have gone to prison for this. Be honest with me, Justin. Mm. Ever driven the car with your knees? No, never. Ever? Not once. Come, no, no. Come on! No, I haven't. Seriously. You know me, and I'm too honest for my own good. Never, ever have I driven a car with my knees, because I don't think that is possible. Yes, it, he may have pulled this off right. for a, a short stretch, but, you know, you, you can't do that I'm sort not, of thing. I'm not saying, you, you know, you've driven all the way to and from work with your knees, but maybe just <laughs> as, you, as you're, you're, you're pulling out of your street, and you kind of, you put your seatbelt on, and you're getting the radio on, and you just drive down your little bit of the street with your knees. You've never done that. Never done it once. You know, you went out with me once with a driving instructor, and uh, my my big thing when I drive is I tend to drive with with one arm, with one hand on the wheel, yeah. and that is dangerous. But never ever have I driven controlling a car with my knees. That is insane. I've, insane. Do I've done it. Really? I've done it. Not on the motorway. Not on a busy <laughs> road. Not just just my street is very very quiet. Just sometimes when I'm pulling down to the end of my street and I'm just just getting me hanky out. I mean knees are doing it. That's all. Uh, Four o'clock in the morning. You should be taking off the roads. Sorry? You're, you're a disgrace. You listen to Kajagoogoo while driving. That's a crime in itself. No, no, that makes me feel good about myself. Too shy, shy, hush, hush. I do I. Anyway, yeah. you've been speaking to people about this, have you? Yes, I've been talking to uh, drivers on the A5 in Harbourshire this morning. I've been getting them to uh, tell me about some of the, the, the dangerous and stupid driving things they've seen. Here's what they had to say. On phones, obviously. Arguing with their missuses. You see it all going down the motorways every day. Hands off wheels. Reading maps, reading books. Shaving? I've not seen shaving. I've seen, I've seen women put makeup on. And, and is that quite a regular occurrence? It's regular, yeah, it's regular. It's and, regular. And when you see it, how frustrating, how angry does that make you feel? <laughs> Everything that goes on down the motorway, they've just brought these rules in about lane hogging and all that, and the police are going to do this. You see it every day, nothing's done about it. There's not enough police on the motorway policing the motorways. Simple as that. If there was, people wouldn't do it. Now, John, you've seen something disgusting. I'm going to try and describe this because it is a family programme, but um, let's just say you saw a lady in a car doing something to a man. When you saw that, how did that make you feel? Shocked is the word. What else have you seen out there that's uh, ridiculous? Apart from tailgaters and... Makeup, women putting makeup on driving down the middle lane. So that's not a myth, then. People do do that. You've seen women putting on makeup whilst driving down the motorway. Yeah, definitely. What, on a weekly basis? Daily basis. Daily? Yeah. And what do you think about this man who wasn't sent to jail for driving, quite literally, hands free? No, I think he could have received a stiffer sentence with a driving ban and other fines and whatever. People on the phone and also um, people doing paperwork. People well, doing paperwork while driving. Reading you know, invoices and stuff like that, where they're going while they're driving. So these are not one-offs. You're seeing examples of bad driving pretty much every single day out there. More or less every day, yes. I, I, I missed something, Just What was the woman doing? I can't go into detail. You, you know me, in. I, I know you're pushing me on this one, and I don't blame you. I didn't After get the nine reference. Nine <laughs> After nine o'clock, I shall explain to you what happened. Uh, let's on just the, on JBS's it's show? It's, no, 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 off air. It's something that you might see in a blue movie, let's say. Let's <laughs> just leave it at that. A little bit adult, was it? A bit raunchy? Yes, yes, it was very, Listen, very raunchy and erotic. This is what they need... This is what people need to do in driving tests, OK? And Catherine will identify with this, because we have children, OK? 
Mm. And kids in the back of the car are a flipping nightmare, aren't they? You're, you're mm. constantly... Yeah. You're, 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 Put one direction on. Put one direction on. You're driving down the road. You're constantly having to turn around to tell them off. Stop She's got a leg on me. Stop hitting... Get your hands off your brother. <laughs> Take... Put that back in your trousers Don't now. Don't flick that at her. And then, and then, and this is, uh, and this is, uh, I can't believe I'm admitting this on the radio, I'm not condoning it, but <laughs> you're having to reach down behind because they drop their toy, they drop their woody, they've dropped, but you've got to get all this, uh, it's a nightmare. Don't take them out. Sorry? Don't take them out, leave them inside. Home alone. There you go. I think, I think that's illegal to leave them on their no, own. No, 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 get, get a babysitter and then go out there. Well, so the, the kids never go out? Yeah, that sounds fair to me. What are you doing in the next hour, Justin? Uh, I'm live in Bedford, going to be talking about uh, a drug rehabilitation centre which potentially might be built next to the uh, Bedford Free School here. Justin, look forward to speaking to you later on. We've all done that with kids. We've all done it with children. They are a nightmare in the back of the car. Dad, he's hitting me! I want to be sick. Are we nearly there yet? It's not as bad now that they're in booster seats and car seats. When we were kids, oh. it was mayhem, wasn't well, it? Well, I remember being a, I remember climbing all over the car as a kid, sitting on the handbrake, sitting in between the two of them. Whacker waving out the back window. Yeah. Well, this is one of the sad things about um, health and safety, uh, is you don't get kids waving to you out the back of the car anymore. Yeah. But I'd stick my hair out the window, I'd climb around, I'd sit on my mum's lap, sit on my dad's lap while he was driving, all of that kind of stuff. Mayhem. Kelly, you want to join in with this story? Um, when we were younger, we were allowed to wind down our window and shout at people as we were passing. Like, <laughs> your dog's ugly! How common. How vulgar. Uh, got some texts here on um, addiction. Steve says, I, in response to um, Sam, I think we should publicly execute those who lack compassion. <laughs> That's an idea. Tina says, Ian, I'm just joining two stories together. I'm a nurse in A&E. I can tell you that the majority of our frequent flyers, that's a good, uh, good term, are people who've been on the drink. Together with a rehab centre, I think they should also provide an emergency service and admit those who become frequent. That way, the mainstream A&E can concentrate on genuine accidents and emergencies. I'm not sure about building it next to a school, though. And um, Andrew says, surely the logical answer to drugs is to finally eradicate the source. The leaders of all countries that produce the stuff should get together and organise destroying all growing areas once and for all. Plus, anyone caught in the future attempting to produce it should have one hand cut off. And so on. And so on? Where's the progression? You get another hand cut off? 08459 455 555. It's an interesting story, and and Justin's going to go to this location where they are talking about building a drug rehabilitation centre. It may not be the right location. Next to a, a, a free school and a children's playground. It may not be. But it'd be pretty hard, wouldn't it, for, for anyone to argue against drug rehabilitation centres. Yet we've had people doing that. Mark called up in the first hour of the show. He didn't want his, uh, his tax to go on junkies. Sam called up 20 minutes ago. Who thought all drug users should be executed. Executed. Wow! Because they're using drugs, because they're addicted to drugs, because they've got a problem, a disease of addiction. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Really keen to get your thoughts uh, uh, specifically on this place, but also our attitude towards drug abusers and alcoholics. Do we need to be more sympathetic? If your life has been touched by drugs or alcohol, either you or someone you love and you know, could you give me a call and let me know what effect it has had on your life. 
08459 455 555 is the phone number. You can email me as well. Ian, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. This is BBC Three CR. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 London bound still very slow after an accident, which was just before Junction 1A for the M25. Queues going back to Junction 2 for Beaconsfield. The M25 anti-clockwise stop-start between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital is queuing at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on public transport, London Midland have a reduced service going between Bedford and Bletchley after a train fault. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. So, if you or a loved one has had a problem with drugs and alcohol, how did it affect your life? And isn't it time we showed more compassion to these people with the disease of addiction? Here's the news with Jane. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Plans for a drug rehabilitation centre in Bedford face opposition. Man on trial for the murder of a 63-year-old in Hemel Hempstead and Hertfordshire man struggling after not getting sick pay. BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford say the proposal for a 29-bed drug rehabilitation centre is in the wrong place. The site is behind the free school, opposite sheltered housing, next to a children's play area and a new block of flats. Bedford councillor for the Castle Ward, Apu Bagchi, says it's a dilemma. I will not be happy because I think the location is not very um, conducive for this kind of development. Um, but at the same time, I fully appreciate that the, the people, these vulnerable people need to be housed and they should be, you know, giving the opportunity of um, coming to contact with the community. A man will stand trial today accused of a murder in Hemel Hempstead. 31-year-old James Carbert from Epping Green is accused of killing Thomas Baird at his bungalow in Westerdale Road last March. The 63-year-old died from head and neck injuries and stab wounds to the chest. The business secretary, Vince Cable, has dismissed David Cameron's target of cutting net migration to under 100,000 by the next election. He says the idea is impractical and almost certainly won't be achieved. Campaigners are celebrating after winning their battle to save a swimming pool in Houghton Regis. Three years ago, Central Bedfordshire Council wanted to close Houghton Regis Leisure Centre to save money. They've now decided to reopen the pool, which has been closed for two years. Campaigner Kay Hudgel says they decided to work with the council rather than against them. The odds are stacked against us, but um, we, we felt that if we worked with the council... Um, we might get somewhere rather than sort of just bulldoze ahead. Three severe flood warnings, meaning there's a danger to life, remain in place in the southwest of England after another night of rain and exceptionally high tides. One of them covers Chiswell Beach in Dorset, where a flood siren was sounded after sea defences were breached. A man from Hertfordshire who broke his foot while working as a security guard says he's struggling because he's not been paid. Patrick Cosgrove from Bedborn Wood was told by his employer they don't pay sick pay. He thought he would get government-funded sick pay instead, but he says his employer's not doing the paperwork. And what happens when you send in the form, if they're not going to pay you the statutory sick pay, they're supposed to send you another form out stating why they're not going to pay it, and uh, you bring that to the job centre. 
in order to get some kind of benefit, but they didn't send the form out, so I'm kind of stuck. Whipsnade Zoo is beginning its annual New Year stock take. Counting its 2,500 animals every year is a requirement for the zoo to keep its licence. And in sport, Stevenage Football Club is hoping its FA Cup fourth round tie against Everton will be televised. Chief Executive Barry Webber says it would bring in a lot of money which they would plough back into the club. The weather, another windy day with sunshine and scattered showers, blustery and heavy at times, temperatures today up to 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, the last hour of the show. Here every weekday between 6 and 9. If you want to give us a call, I will give you the details in a little bit. Here's some of the things we're talking about. Proposals for a rehab centre in Bedford are causing a stir in the local area. It'll be sandwiched between the town's free school and a children's playground. Well, the location may not be correct, but though we need to be a little bit more open and caring about people with the disease of addiction... We heard from a security guard from Hertfordshire. He worked for the same firm for 11 years. So when he broke his foot and had to take some time off work, he thought he'd be covered and get sick pay. Afraid that wasn't the case. What are your stories about being refused sick pay? And there's a fella caught driving with his hands behind his head. He's using his knees. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR if you want to see it. What are the worst examples of driving you've ever seen? You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or the best way, and the phone's been very busy this morning, so thank you for that. The best way to get in touch, give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459-455-555 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call. We're talking about the Drug Rehabilitation Centre that's being proposed in Bedford. The location may not be spot on, next to a free school and um, uh, a playground, but these things are essential, aren't they? They are designed to help people who realise they have a problem and want to turn their lives around. John's in Datchworth. Morning, John. John, what would you like to say about this? Uh, I personally don't feel they should have so much money thrown at them. Um, like, uh, the caller earlier said that they make the choice to do these things. Um, I know of a couple of drug addicts that are constantly in and out of rehab. As soon as they come out, they go and get another fix. They get themselves stoned, and then a the week or so later, they're back in. They're in and out. It's all government money. Now, my wife has got a, debil- a, de- a medical condition that, if it's not controlled, she could end up in a wheelchair. Now, she doesn't work because of this and other things that are uh, going on in our house. Uh, my wages aren't brilliant, but I have to find £60 a week for her to have private help. Now, obviously, I would rather have my wife mobile, so I have to find that money and we go about other stuff. Now, I don't feel that they should have any money given to them whatsoever. When there are people that, through no fault of their own, yep. are in major problems. 
But the compar- I, I, I always struggle slightly with the comparison game. That those people shouldn't get something because I'm not getting something. Would you deny um, people with asthma medicine or people with cancer medicine? No, because they are medical conditions. Well, well so is addiction. Addiction is recognised by the World Health Organisation as a disease. It's not a choice, it's a disease. It is possibly a disease, but it's a disease that people choose to do. I drink, I love a drink. But you I have, you have, the, living, you have but the ability. Well, exactly, exactly, because you have the ability, you have that switch to go, do you know what? I've had enough, I'm going to stop. And addicts and alcoholics don't have that switch. They are unable to stop. Their whole life becomes about finding the next drink or the next drug. And most of them, they want to stop. You talk about your friends going in and out of rehab, they want to stop, but they can't. Where do you draw the line? Okay, give someone the option to go out in the rehab. Do you give them one, two, three, ten, twenty chances? There are people that are more deserving than. I'm not saying that all the drug all drug all drug addicts are the same, but I know of a couple that really do not need to be kept putting in there. John, I'm going to let you go because the line isn't great. But thank you very much. Best of uh, wishes to you and your wife couple of texts. Text, uh, Anne says, it is self-inflicted. They have a choice whether to buy alcohol or drugs or not. Nobody but themselves to blame. Helen in Milton Keynes says, it's a long time since I've listened to such bigotry and hatred towards others that need compassion and empathy. The caller that stated addicts should be executed must be a throwback from the puritanical views of the past. Yes, there are some addicts that may never be free of addiction, but for those that turn their lives around, they should be lauded, not decried. I know which of your callers I would prefer as a neighbour. Steve's in Redbourne. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Steve, what do you think? Uh, well, what I'm going to say, I might upset people, um, it's, it's the suppliers, they the ones that ought to be hung up, the people that are supplying the drugs. Because if you've got no suppliers, people can't go and get fixes, can they? People will always find ways, though, won't they? Well, I don't know. If, if, you've, got, if you've got a heart <laughs> um, lawing, like, you know, you get caught once, you go to prison for so long, you get caught a second time, you're hung up... That, that, that'd stop a lot of it, wouldn't it? Well, no, it wouldn't stop any of it at all. We know that the death penalty doesn't act as a deterrent. Oh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think it does. It's like, you okay. that woman abroad that's going to yeah. be executed, right? Well, it, it didn't... I think that'd stop it like, out there, isn't it? Well, it didn't stop her. And also, I can prove to you that the, the death penalty doesn't work as a deterrent. It, it, they have the death penalty in various parts of America, don't they? Yep. Yeah. They have murder still in those parts of America, don't they? Despite people knowing that if they get caught, they will be executed. So, ipso facto, it doesn't work as a deterrent. But then, then again, we, you haven't got to pay to have people looking after them people in prison. Ah, well, the, ah, well that's a different argument. That's a different yeah. argument. That, you, you're saying it would stop people dealing. Now you're saying it would save money. But also, it, it wouldn't save that much money because the people in the States who are on death row, lots of them have been on death row for 20, 30 years. Uh, bec- uh, and they cost more than average prisoners because of the legal costs fighting their death penalties. So it would probably cost the state more money. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't see it like that. I'm going to be honest with you. Those are are facts. I I, I, I would prefer it could be your kids going out to this bloke to pick drugs up, couldn't it, in another 10 years' time, 20 years' time. Don't want to see it happen, but it could happen, couldn't it? Steve, can I be completely honest with you? Sure, mate. As much as it terrifies me, I am pretty sure my boys are going to experiment with drugs at some point in their life. I'm pretty sure they're going to do something. 
Yes, it will be because most 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 young people. Most do kids day. do. Most kids do. Most kids have a little puff on a joint, or they do some other bits and pieces, or they get they get too drunk a few times. Most kids do, and as as much as I want to think my children are different and perfect and wonderful, which of course they are, yeah. I, I'm not naive enough to think they won't at some point go and have a toke on a joint or or go and do something else. Well, I've, 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 seen, I've seen, you know, two good mates. I've, I've lost one of them, and uh, that was down to drugs. What, what happened to him, Steve? Uh, he was on drugs for about uh, 18 months, and he went and overdosed on it. And how, how, how did that affect you and the rest of his friends and his family? Well, um, his, da- his dad done the business, I think. Uh, well, he had it done like The bloke who supplied the drugs, he, well, I don't think he'll ever walk straight again. Oh, blimey, Steve, listen, thank you. We'll let you go, just because the line isn't great, but, uh, dear me, me. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is that is I, I I think that's me being kind of honest and open. I'm hope. Of course, I hope my boys don't take drugs. Of course, I hope they don't. Certainly, I hope they don't get huge drug problems. It'd be awful. But 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 most kids try something, don't they? Or don't they? Have I got that wrong? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if uh, you want to give us a call. Uh, would would have been good to talk to Steve a bit more there, but the um, it was obviously very windy where he was. How has your life been affected by drug abuse and alcohol abuse? Has someone you know been an addict or an alcoholic? Earlier on in the show, we spoke to Sam and Gary. Now Gary is a recovered, recovering alcoholic. He's four years clean and sober. Sam had slightly stronger views about what should happen to drug users. No. So what do you think should uh, happen to alcoholics and, and drug users? Well, drug users especially. Alcoholics are not quite as bad. I think drug users... Absolutely there's so much rubbish, information. Absolutely uh, they, they should be taken out and publicly, publicly executed, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's so much... Yeah, there's so much... You are funny. There's so much information around today. Hang on a second, mate. Hang on a second. So, Sam, Sam, let me just say this right. You're, you're suggesting that, that drug users, drug, <laughs> drug addicts, should be taken out and publicly executed. Well, that would be, yes, that would be the proper thing to do with them. I mean, they'll use every excuse in the word. That was Sam there. You heard, uh, I, I did like um, Gary's uh, comment in the, in the middle there. You are funny. Oh, wait, I, I'm, I was shocked by Sam's views. There can't be anybody else out there who thinks that drug users and drug abusers should be executed. Should they? Hang on a second. We wouldn't have had Revolver or Sergeant Pepper or Pet Sounds or anything by Pink Floyd. The latter may be not such a, such a strong argument, but but many great artworks, of course, yep. under the influence. Lots of inspir- experimentation at the turn of the century. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes, of course, opium addict. He was. He loved a little bit, but not the not Dominic Cumberbatch. No, no, he's on the fags, isn't he? Is he's he trying to get off the fags? Is he? Yeah. See, that's a drug. That's a drug. I watched Sherlock for the first time over Christmas. Did you like it? I say I watched it. I watched five minutes and turned it off. I didn't like it. Oh, no, the first five minutes were the bit where you were supposed to go, get out of here. No, well, i tell you what I didn't Stick like. with it. Didn't like his stupid floppy haircut. Didn't like his smug attitude when he's walking through that restaurant. You're not supposed to like him. He's supposed to be utterly objectionable. What's this nonsense when he touches people and words fly all over the screen? Absolutely. How did he know the woman, the, the man was about to get a text from his wife who'd gone into labour? Because he's a high-functioning sociopath. Oh, for goodness sakes, he's a muppet. He's, a, he's an unattractive muppet. Terrible programme. Absolutely shocking. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's not go off on a Sherlock tangent for the rest of the show, unless you really want to. Unless you can phone up and try and sell that guff to me. Awful programme. 
Didn't get it in the slightest. Anyway, uh, views on drug abuse. Isn't it time we were more accommodating and we embraced these people and we tried to um, to help them? Now, obviously, some of them will shun our help. Some of them, as we're embracing them, will put their hands in our back pocket and steal our wallet so they can go and buy some more drugs. Ah. These people need help, don't they? 08459 455 555. There can't be anybody listening to this who agrees with Sam that we should go out and execute all drug abusers. Tim next door is raising his hand and nodding furiously. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. It's coming up to a quarter past eight. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still problems on the M40 London bound. It's very slow after an accident, which was before Junction 1A to the M25. That congestion's going back to Junction 2 for Beaconsfield. On the A40 eastbound, there are queues between the Denham roundabout and Gypsy Corner. And in Watford, Stevenson Way is busy at the M1 Junction 5. On the A1M southbound, things looking heavy still between Junction 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Welling Garden City. On public transport, London Midland are running a reduced service between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, 8.16 or thereabouts. It's Tuesday the 7th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford are opposed to a drug rehabilitation centre near a children's play area and a school. A Hertfordshire man says he's struggling to make ends meet after being unable to get sick pay. And in football, Stevenage are hoping their FA Cup fourth round match against Everton will be televised. The weather today, windy with sunshine and showers, some of which will be heavy, therefore wet. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. It's a chance to revisit the many spiritual beliefs of our friends and neighbours. But there is a way you can hear it all again. Sexy bell ringing. Is that... bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again. People didn't want him here. They didn't like us. They spat on him, didn't they? They did. A matter of faith. bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Tim's here. Hey, good morning. You're wearing a coat, a jersey. I'm guessing there's a T-shirt under that jersey, possibly even a vest. You must be hot. Uh, no, I'm okay. Actually, it's horrible outside. Do you know what's really been annoying me? I keep on having to tuck my T-shirt back in, and I can't work out whether or not it's because I've developed like a Christmas oh. porch, and I'm I'm kind of pushing a it Christmas out. Christmas what? <laughs> it's, no, it's not a porch, is it? A, a pon a porch a, a a porch is the no, thing no, you have. A porch is like a thing you have on the front of your. It's a posh car. Hat. No. <laughs> What's it called? The the paunch? Paunch? Is it a paunch? It's a paunch. It's a paunch. It's not a paunch. Although, yeah. A poncho is um, uh, what a Mexican wears. That's a me- what a Mexican wears every day. Yep. A po- All Mexicans. Ponch was the um, one of the cops on chips. Uh, Ponch was a not very funny magazine from the Victorian times. Yeah. Ponch and Judy. Uh, I'm not very funny. Don't be so hard on yourself. I think you're quite amusing at times. Uh, I'm getting a fat belly, man. I'm oh. getting a fat belly. And I, I did some TV at the weekend, and I'm stood next oh, yeah. to Rylan. You know Rylan from The X Factor? He, yes, I think he's the, the chap with the f- kind of fake face. The fake face, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. very, very thin. 
Yeah, he so is. So I'm having weight issues, and then I'm stood next to a, a blade of grass, and I'm thinking, geez, I look like an elephant And there. they say that the TV um, adds pounds It on. adds pounds to your yeah. breasts. You must have looked terrible. I, look I didn't see it. Awful. I'm sorry I missed it. But... I look awful. Well, Fatty bum bum. You, <laughs> you need some kind of a, a regime. It's like a, like a military fitness regime. Perhaps. I've been sh- shoving my face full of nuts this morning. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I love nuts first thing in the morning. Yeah, me too, me too. Any particular kind? Okay. Uh, yes, the big phone in at nine o'clock this morning. Um, there's a programme tonight on BBC Two about immigration. It's a Nick Robinson programme. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been examining... Examining... Zing, zing, up. It's been examining data from the recent British Attitudes survey uh, about immigration. The survey shows that 56% of the country uh, want major curbs on immigration. Um, almost half of these people think that uh, immigration is bad for the economy. But what I find quite interesting is that 31% of those who think it's good for the economy... There's 31% of people who think it's good for the economy. Half of them still think it should be reduced anyway. So even mm. though they're prepared to say immigration is good for the economy and therefore you would assume it's good for the UK because it's incumbent upon the government to do things that are good for our economy because we need financial recovery. Even despite that, they still want it reduced. I want to find out why. So I'm going to be asking you from nine this morning, do you think immigration is mostly good or bad for this country? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a Hertfordshire man who broke his foot whilst uh, working as a security guard hasn't received any sick pay since November and is now struggling to pay bills. Patrick Cosgrove was told by his employer they don't pay for sick pay. I'm joined now by Stuart G, who is a workplace expert from ACAS, the Advisory Conciliation and Arbitration Service. Good morning, Stuart. Hello, Ian. So, some employers aren't obliged to provide sick pay, is that right? Uh, well, it, it's a bit difficult to comment on a, on a very specific case, but if I, if I give you the, sort of the general picture, um, the situation is that if you're an employee, uh, you're, you're genuinely employed by a company, and you're earning enough to basically pay national insurance, what we call the lower earnings level, which means you're being paid £109 per week, and you're off sick, and you're off sick for more than three days, then, uh, yes, you should receive uh, statutory sick pay. Well, then, then this story to one side, how are some companies able to avoid that then? Do they have clauses in their contract? Are they breaking the law? Um, well, it, 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 I mean, it, it is pretty difficult to understand what the situation could be. The, the law in this country is that you can't actually write a contract which takes an employee out of their legal entitlements. So employees are entitled to statutory sick pay. It doesn't really matter what you put into the contract. They will still be entitled to that pay. Um, there, I mean, there can be situations where people have perhaps exhausted the statutory sick pay that they're entitled to for a year, uh, in which case they wouldn't still get it. But if, if they meet the criteria of the lower earnings level and they are an employee so they're not not working via an agency or something of that sort um, then they'd be entitled to that money got a text here from mark who says ask acas what to do if an employer doesn't pay minimum wage national insurance personal employer contribution no contract etc well you can't really do anything can you well, I think what we're a big fan of is an approach where you actually talk to your employer about this stuff and, and, and raise these things with them. Um, when you first start out with an employer, 
sometimes the documentation, the contract and so on can take a little time to get sorted out. However, if, if people are actually breaking the law and they're not, they're not paying minimum wage, which is a legal entitlement, they're not providing the uh, contractual nuts and bolts of what we call a written statement of employment particulars within the first month, um, they're not paying holiday, think, things of that sort that you're legally entitled to, then you, you can take things further. There are options for legal action through an employment tribunal. What we would suggest as a first step is to give us a ring on our helpline and we can, we can talk to people about different options that they can, they can use. And one of the things that we can do in certain circumstances is, is help by getting in touch with both sides and seeing if we can help them sort things out without having to go to the courts, which is a difficult, costly and can be stressful process. Stuart, what's the phone number if people do want to get in touch? So if they want to call the ACAS helpline, it's 08457. 474747. We've also introduced um, a, a tool on our website which people can use, uh, which allows them to type in questions and get answers that way. Uh, and that can be found at acas.org.uk forward slash helpline. Got the helpline opening hours and so on on there, and also the, the helpline online tool. Stuart, I appreciate your time. It's Stuart G from uh, ACAS. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay. Here's... I've got an email here, so don't worry. Here's here's a long email from someone who wants to remain anonymous, which throws a slightly different slant on the drug addiction. People saying it's self-inflicted. It's a self-inflicted luxury. Ian, I neither drink nor smoke. I take no recreational drugs. I've never done any of the previous. I am, however, addicted to very strong painkiller medication, thanks to various doctors and consultants at three different hospitals following the NHS forcing me to have gastric surgery so that I could lose weight rapidly and then have a hip replacement following a childhood disease. The gastric operation caused damage to nerves, which has caused me to have non-stop pain and burning sensations in my legs, as well as other side effects. Although I had my hip replacement, I am now less mobile than I was before the hip replacement and taking four times the medication I was before I had my hip replacement and before I lost 14 stone. So now I'm worse off than I was when I was fat and could not walk because of the bad hip. Now I still cannot walk because of paralysis causing my feeds that do not allow me to walk properly due to damage in the nerves. Constant, never-ending, ever-increasing pain and burning. Whose fault is it that I'm now reliant on morphine and fentanyl? Is it my fault because it's my pain? Is it the fault of the NHS because some of the operations didn't go as planned? Is it the fault of the pain consultant at three different hospitals? I know that these drugs are going to kill me. I don't take them because I enjoy getting high. I get no high when I'm taking morphine. I get very little relief. I'm having to take higher and higher doses uh, and I'm putting my life at risk. Am I an addict? Am I dependent? I've never committed any crimes. I've never been involved with what spoken to the uh, involved with spoken to the police uh, for any matters whatsoever. What do I do? I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. The doctors call me an addict. I say I'm dependent. That nobody can give me any proper relief. This is my life. Is it worth living? Well, yes, I would suggest that your life is worth living. Anonymous person, non-gender specific. If anyone's got any suggestions for this person, 08459 455 555, I would suggest you keep going to different doctors until you find someone that can help you. There's got to be something they can do. But that person is an addict. Possibly. Oh, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, if they're taking it to get rid of the pain, it'd be interesting if the pain stopped how easily, how easily and quickly they could get off those drugs. Any suggestions for that person? A terrible situation. 
Final line of that. This is my life. Is it worth living? Well, I'd like to, to think it is, but I, I don't know what your situation is like. 08459 455555. Pam's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Pam. Good morning. Pam, what, what's your story? Um, I'm phoning regarding the drugs and alcoholism, the problems that, you know, it causes. Yeah. And I appreciate that, yeah, you don't take them out and shoot them at dawn, the dealers and the sellers and what have you. But the people that need the help, although we want to empathise and help, I have a situation in my family where I have a relatively mature 30-odd-year-old who, who is alcoholic, and although she hasn't drunk for months now because we don't make it available or money available, uh, the slightest opportunity, she will do it again. Also, she has mental health problems due to smoking too much of the weed and all this sort of thing. The trouble is, although I've had counsellors in for myself and my husband in for her, I've tried every route possible, nobody will insist on her getting some help because she's over 18, she's an adult, she's free to make her own choices and she's not making logical choices, obviously, because she's living a reclusive life. Is she living living with you, Pam? She is, yes. And Um, how is it affecting you and your husband? Well, because our marriage is relatively new... Um, it's been under some strain and, and quite in quite a dangerous precarious position over the time this last four or five years yeah, because bet. of all this and I've tried everything believe me I've had counsellors in for us to be able to cope with it I've had them in for her I've been to doctors I've been everywhere pa- Pam, what, why is this person in, in, in living in your house what, do they have because a legal right to the house or anything they do have a legal right to the house it's my husband's daughter she has, a, she has a share in the house, of which she hasn't paid for for the last four or five years, so we're covering all costs for her. Can I, make no. a, can I, make a, can I put forward a suggestion? You could. You can. <laughs> OK. Tell her she has to go. Tell her that she has to go. She hasn't been contributing financially. Tell her, and be very honest and be very open and be very loving, but say, point out to her the situation, the effect it's having on your relationship with your husband, that it's tearing you apart and that while you love her and while you wish the best for her and while you'll be there for her, she has to leave the house and get on with her own life. She has to discover, Pam, I would suggest, um, where she's going wrong. And by being in the house and being looked after and being paid for, she won't discover that. She'll just keep believing that she can get away with her behaviour. This is absolutely my stance on the whole situation. Her father isn't feeling the same way. The, the feelings I have for her, obviously she's not my child, but I care. It's his child, and there is a of different course. feeling. Of course there is. And I can't put my foot down and say, right, she's got to go. Have you been... Has anyone suggested uh, any groups that you could go to? Oh, I've tried groups, but she needs to get involved and uh, she will not no. entertain the idea. What? You don't... Listen, you need to stop worrying about her, because it's not... She, she will sort herself out when she needs to sort herself out, if she chooses to. She may not. And she may kill herself. And that's her mm. journey, OK? But you need to work on what you can work on. Have you heard of an organisation called Al-Anon? Uh, yes. Have you, yes. Be, have you been in touch with Al-Anon? Uh, vaguely in the past. OK, for those who don't know, Al-Anon is... is, uh, uh, is it's, like, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous, except it's for family members of people who yes. are, are alcoholics. And Al-Anon uh, provides support for people in your situation, Pam. Mm-hmm. And it will be full of people who have been through what you're going through and have come out the other side successfully, and people who are in the mess that you're in. 
can I make a suggestion? And it's a suggestion if you don't want to follow, you don't want to follow it. I've just googled Al-Anon. It's on the internet. It's really easy to find. Right. There'll be a phone number. Uh, and have you got the internet? Yes, yes. Beautiful. Look up Al-Anon. Yes. And give them a phone call. I'll do that. And, Thank you for your help. And, and they'll, what, they'll have a meeting somewhere near you that you can go along to, and it'll be weird, and you'll be sat in a circle with a load of people who you think, oh, my goodness, I don't want to be hanging out with these people. I don't care what I have to do. Swing from the trees if it only will help the situation. Then I really recommend you give Alanon a call and have a chat to someone there and explain your situation. I think they would be able to help you a lot. Thank you very much. Pam, I will try that. Pam, give us a call in a couple of weeks, or, or if you want to, and let me know how you got on with that. I will do. Thank you very much. Indeed. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you, Pam. There we go. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's eight thirty. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed because of a pothole in the road at Junction 10 for Luton Airport. It's already damaged several car tyres and it is very slow on the approach there since they've closed the lane. Congestion going back to Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. Thanks to Karen and Silla for phoning in on that. On the M40, London bound still slow after an earlier accident which happened just before Junction 1A for the M25. Things struggling back to 2 for Beaconsfield. We had a call in from Ollie on the A6 northbound which is very slow between Clop Hill and Bedford. On public transport, London Midland have reduced service between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 8.31 News and Sport now. Let's uh, go to Jane. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.32. I'm Jane Killick. People in Bedford say the proposal for a 29-bed drug rehabilitation centre is in the wrong place. The site is behind the free school, opposite sheltered housing, next to a children's play area and a new block of flats. A man will stand trial today accused of a murder in Hemel Hempstead. 31-year-old James Carbert from Epping Green is accused of killing Thomas Baird at his bungalow in Westerdale Road last March. A man from Hertfordshire who broke his foot while working as a security guard says his employers are preventing him from getting sick pay. Patrick Cosgrove from Boreham Wood says he's now struggling to make ends meet. The weather, windy again, with sunshine and scattered showers, with temperatures up to 10 Celsius. In football, the Arsenal winger Theo Walcott will miss the World Cup in Brazil this summer after suffering a serious knee injury against Tottenham at the weekend. Walcott will be out of action for at least six months. The chief executive of Stevenage, Barry Webber, says he's hoping the FA Cup fourth-round tie against Everton will be televised. If it is, the club would receive a substantial amount of money and Webber says it would be ploughed back into the club. We're hoping to, within the next 24 hours, uh, to know a lot more. And it's subject to, obviously, it's really in the hands of the broadcasters. But what I can say is that you know, the money generated will be ploughed back into the football club, um, back into the youth, back into the training centre, uh, and back into, so hopefully, build on what, what we saw on Saturday. A golfer from Buckinghamshire will play on the European Tour for the first time this year. Tyrell Hatton, who's 22 and from Marlow, gained promotion after a good season last year on the Challenge Tour. He's now going to be playing with some of the best golfers in the world, but he says he has big ambitions. In three years' time, I'd like to be top 50 in the world, but just have to see how we go. My ranking at the moment, I think, is around 370. I mean, I think I started the year um, about 900th in the world, so I've dropped quite a bit this year. 
BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I'll be getting some amazing calls um, today. If, you, if you've got someone who's an alcoholic who is ruining your life or ruining their life and you turn your hair out, I've just gone to the Al Anon website. It's brilliant. What is Al-Anon? Someone else's drinking can affect your life, be it a relative or friend, male or female. Someone, and I would would suggest this would apply to Pam. Someone else's uncontrolled and uncontrollable drinking can turn love to hate, bring you to the depths of despair, affect you financially, lead to violent outbursts, make you doubt your own sanity and make you think that you are the problem. Whatever your relationship to the drinker, whatever your story, Al-Anon can help. Isn't that that encouraging to hear that? Whatever your relationship to the drinker, whatever your story, Al-Anon can help. They're making a promise there. They can help. So, Pam, I really recommend, I thoroughly suggest that you go and uh, have a word with them because um, I think they could uh, certainly uh, get you on the right track at the very least. 08459 455 555. We're talking about a drug rehabilitation centre that is being planned in Bedford between a, a children's playground, what other kind of playground is there, and a free school. Well, saying that, what other kind of playground? I've just retweeted a tweet. There's where I don't know where this is. This is brilliant. Very slight tangent. Um, it's a bus stop. Oh, I don't know where this is. It's a bus stop. And to make it more fun, what they've done, instead of sitting on a bench, they've put swings on there. Oh. It's brilliant. I've just retweeted it. At Ian Lee, I've just retweeted it. Let me have a look. And it's loads of old people. <laughs> it's loads of old people sat waiting for a bus, but they're on the swings. Are they proper swings? They're proper swings. They're swinging. So how long till the big kids come and wrap it around the yeah, top? Yeah. That, that's, 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 that's the best thing when you spin it round. <laughs> Kelly Betts? I think that's really dangerous. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Listen... An elderly person on a swing. Yeah, they could fall. Just have a think. Oh no! That's they need security they might and stability. They not know that it's a swing at first. <laughs> or it's not just an elderly person, but anybody. They might go to casually sit no. down normally. The swing moves. They're on the I floor. Is it ter- real? It's real. I got in terrible trouble uh, yesterday for for attacking old people. I think old people would love this. A swing at a bus stop. That would be awesome. I just, I get to go to lots of parks um, because I am a parent. Uh, and you're it, a park tester. I'm a park tester. And it does frustrate me. The parks these days are flipping brilliant. There was one where my kids go to. It's a pirate ship, like a proper pirate, not real pirate ship, but it's a wooden pirate ship. That sounds great. With firemen's poles and everything on it. See, that could be at a bus stop. No, no, no. I'd much prefer Our park visits that. have got a bit tricky since my daughter learnt to read. Why? What does that say, Mummy? Huh? Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's a male chicken. Oh, no. But what? But the parks are so good, and I can sort of have a go on some of them because oh, oh, my eldest has got stuck up there. Let me climb up there. We'll go down the slide together. But I wish that there were parks for adults that, that said no one under the age of twenty-five is allowed in this park. And you can just go and climb and play pirates and swings and stuff. There is that. Where's that? I think it's Go Ape at Milton Keynes. There's loads across the country. Oh, it's for children, isn't it? Go Ape no, is for kids. it's for over nines. Yeah, but that's, that's not... Over a... nines. I think they'd frown <laughs> upon Ian. Goodness, over nines. Thank you very much indeed, Kelly Betts. Anyway, uh, we're talking about drug addiction and, and, and this uh, drug rehab centre. Do we need to be more caring, more uh, aware of drug addiction? Barry's in Hitchin. Morning, Barry. Morning. Barry, what would you like to say? Um, well, um, um, okay, there's so much I can touch on, really. Basically... Um, I'm still a recovering addict myself. Um, what, and the extent, what, what were you addicted to, and what, what were you getting up to? Uh, I was addicted to heroin, um, and for most of my life, I was 
the same as uh, one of the other callers. I was in and out of jail, uh, in and out of trouble all the time. Um, and it's not to one of these centres. I went to one of these centres that kind of put my life back on track. How do they work? What what goes on in these these centres? Well, that's the thing. I know we, you'll say it's near school and everything, but it, it, it's just where people go in um, and they kind of manage their their addiction. Really, sort of. Um, by by what? Little... What do you what do you do? Well, they they they, they test you, uh, make sure you're you're all right, how, how you're sort of getting on day to day, um, and then sort of prescribe you what the relevant drug. Really. So hang on. So they they're substituting one drug for another, are they? Yeah. And I would imagine you have to do lots of work around that as well. Or, or do you not? No, what do you mean by a lot of work? Well, is, it, is there written work you have to do? No, no, no. They, like, they, they, they test you to make sure you, you are on the drug that you say you was on. And then they just give you uh, uh, basically a maintenance program or a reduction program. Um, and so that's it, really. And you, you only go in there to sort of to renew your prescription, really. So are you... Are you free from drugs now? Legal drugs, yeah. Prescription drugs, I'm still addicted to. And how long have you been on prescription drugs? That's a good question. About five years. So hang on a second, Barry. You you were taking heroin, and it's great you're not taking heroin. Well done. Congratulations on that. Uh, But for five years, you've been addicted to legal drugs, which I'm guessing have a similar effect to heroin, do they? It kind of does. As you know, heroin, well, once you're on it, you kind of have to take to feel normal again. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so what are you on, Subutex or something like that? Uh, methadone. Methadone, OK. And that, that methadone does have a similar effect to heroin. Yeah. So, so in a way, the drug replacement hasn't helped your addiction. It's just shifted it across. None. Have you ever, ever thought about NA or a complete abstinence programme? Um, well, not really. Just I, I, what it is, I suppose, yeah, I've been on this for too long, and it's literally only in the last five months that I've actually now started reducing to come off. It's, it's, even though I'm on this every day, I know I'm on this and I want to get off of this. I know it's another addiction. But it's it's it's, it's, it's not easy as well. It's, 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 yeah, it's, another, it's, not. it's another drug to get off. Have you ever been to but, NA or somewhere like that? No, I haven't. But the only good thing about this is, like, I don't commit crime no more. No. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing anything like that. I am... I, I, I kind of still see... I see myself back in society, even though I'm on a, uh, another drug. It's a, it's a legal drug, and I can work, and I can get on with my life. But there will be people listening, uh, uh, Barry, who uh, are saying, well, hang on a second, why are we paying our taxes to pay for you to have a, a, a drug that's like heroin? That's true, I understand that, but I also pay my taxes as well. But um, you've got to think of the effect, if I wasn't doing it, when I was out committing crime, surely the, the benefits sort of outweigh the sort of the, the, the illegal stuff I was doing. So it's kind of controlling that side of things as well. OK, Barry, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much for that. Jason's in Hitchin. Morning, Jason. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What would you like to say? Um, it's, I was listening to the chap that said about execution. I was kind of wondering how he'd feel if it was his granny or his auntie that was addicted to drugs that they didn't go out and find. 
That was Sam, wasn't it, who said we should uh, execute all drug abusers. And we also had an email, an anonymous email, from uh, someone who had an operation that went wrong and is in incredible pain in their legs and has become addicted to morphine. Uh, And it does happen, doesn't it? Oh, no, it certainly does. And um, I I possibly know this um, as well as anybody because I work for a company that supplies these legal addictive drugs. What, what, what do you mean? What kind of drugs? Uh, methadone, subutex, um, fisetone, there's lots. Okay, so these are, these, are the, these are the ones that are used as, as drug substitutes. Are they used medically as well for, for pain relief? Um, they, they possibly are. Right. But, um, I, the frightening thing is that this government and, and doctors and the system allow people that have got addicted to illegal drugs to then shift them straight onto legal drugs. Um, which are essentially the same thing. Well, this is exactly the point. Of the last I was trying to make to Barry, the last caller, that he's got. It's great. He's not on heroin. Well done. But he's on methadone, which is you're right. It's it, it's a, a synthesised version of, of of heroin. It does pretty much the same thing. And he's not, although he's not breaking the law now. He's not dealt with his addiction. It would appear to me. Okay, no, that, that, that's not dealing with the addiction. That's just making the problem go away. So instead of one illegal addict, we've now got somebody who is legally being treated. It just means the figures look better overall. The reality is, the government has said there's a strong possibility there's more people addicted to legal prescribed drugs than the illegal ones. Well, why aren't we up in arms about this? Because this is a serious problem. Jason, I'm going to let you go because the line isn't great, but I, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Well, hasn't this opened out? This is one of the great joys of uh, doing this show here at BBC 3CR. We start off with one kind of very specific story. People are upset that uh, a drug rehabilitation centre is being proposed in a certain area. uh, And it expands to uh, people's real stories about how drugs and alcohol have affected them and affected... Their families. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. We've got fifteen minutes of the show. If you want to give me a call, I've got two lines free. So now is an excellent time to give me a call. How have drugs affected you? And I guess in particular, how has it affected you if it's a, a loved one, a relative, or a friend who is an addict or an alcoholic? And if you've been to a drug rehabilitation centre, what happens? What do you do in there? How do they get you clean? I know they all work differently. Some work 12-step programmes, some don't. Some work with uh, substitution, some work with complete abstinence. But how did it work? Did it work for you? Or did you find it a waste of time? And can I just say thank you for for the honesty that we're getting from your phone calls this morning. Absolutely incredible. I feel touched that you feel you can phone up and share what is very intimate, personal stuff with me. So thank you for that. 08459. Four double five five double five. It's coming up to a quarter to nine. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, a lane has been closed because of a pothole in the road at Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Very slow on the approach there back to Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. Thanks to Karen and Silla for phoning in. On the M40 London-bound, still struggling after an accident earlier that was just before Junction 1A for the M25. 
In Hemel-Hempstead, the Magic Roundabout looking very slow. We've also had a call in from Ollie on the A6 northbound, which is struggling between Clophill and Bedford. On public transport, London Midland have a reduced service between Bedford and Bletchley after a train fault. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, it's 8.46 or thereabouts. It's Tuesday the 7th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Bedford are opposed to a drug rehabilitation centre near a children's play area and a school. A Hertfordshire man says he's struggling to make ends meet after being unable to get sick pay. And in football, Stevenage are hoping their FA Cup fourth round uh, match against Everton will be televised. Coming up in the last 15 minutes of the show, more of your calls about how drugs and alcohol have affected you... Also, if you're completely against drug rehabilitation centres, do let me know. Also, we'll speak to Jay Dizzle, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Further heavy rain on its way, I'm afraid. We have a Met Office yellow weather warning in place. We've been seeing quite a lot of rain in a short space of time. It's just making its way towards parts of Buckinghamshire at the moment. We'll be fast along into Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire as well. Some of these bursts really quite um, really nasty downpours actually. A little less wind today but it's not disappeared completely. It's fla- fairly blustery. Now once this rain moves through later on today, we'll get some drier conditions perhaps even one or two brighter spells this afternoon. But in the meantime, it's fairly wet and miserable. Maximum temperature 10 Celsius, 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. Of course, it is still falling on sodden ground and also swollen rivers as well. So if you're worried about any kind of environmental issues flood-wise, do ring the flood line number, the 0845 988 1188. That's 0845 988 Now, further showers overnight tonight. Uh, further light showers to start with some heavier bursts in the middle of the night. Then they'll move through towards dawn tomorrow morning. That's when the Met Office weather warning is lifted and it's a dry conditions for tomorrow morning. Minimum temperature overnight, 7 Celsius. That's 45 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Got a fantastic email coming up after this. What is BBC Three Counties Radio? It's about where I live with my family. It's about my family and the issues that we face. It's a place dedicated to local news, entertainment and music. BBC Three Counties Radio is a friend. It's fun. This radio station is the glue that holds together Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. We just keep it together. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Here's an email. Uh, It doesn't say keep it anonymous, but I will do just in case. It's from a lady. Um, uh, Uh, Ian, my father was an alcoholic. It's horrible to have a father who is consumed, loves, needs his drink more than he needs or wants his family. I grew up with Al-Anon and Alateine, and that, I think, prevented the cycle of addiction in me. I don't drink, and I've never been drunk. I, like my father, have a very addictive personality, and I've learned to talk about my problems. Of course, I don't blame him, although I did resent him, and it seriously screwed me up emotionally, but he really is the most wonderful, kind, gentle person who, as you rightly say, suffers from an emotionally destructive disease. A treatment centre is a great essential use of taxpayers' money. It may run at a time after school hours, but I'm sure they've taken all aspects into consideration during the planning process. Justin, are you there? Yes, hello. It's a young lady that sent this email. She then does a little PS. Hmm. Hearing Justin say, 
and very erotic on the radio earlier regarding couples having shenanigans on the roads was just brilliant. He's so <laughs> lovely. And then she's done a colon, a dash, and a capital D. Hang on, if I turn my head on the sides, it's a face with its tongue sticking out. <laughs> hey, look go. at that. You see, you're getting people excited. That is the influence I have on people. I can't help it. I don't like talking about it, but as you're talking about it, why not? Justin, give, give, give us, tell us exactly where you are and what's going on. Because I've just got a really long email that I'd like to kind of summarise before the end of the show, because it's a cracker. But what's happening? Well, absolutely. I mean, Ian, this morning, some of your calls have been absolutely fascinating, talking about this uh, drug rehabilitation centre that potentially might be happening in Bedford. I'm outside the Bedford Free School. Now, if this centre was to go ahead, it will be sandwiched between a children's playground and the school. Now, the children went into school around 20 minutes ago. I've been talking to the parents. Ian, they are not happy at all. Here's what they had to say. Hang on a second, Justin. I'm trying to find that. Have I got this audio? Let me just... Yes, you have. OK. It's just, uh, you, you say, yes, I have. The answer to that is actually, no, I haven't. Here it is. <laughs> Hang on one second. Sorry, it's just slipped out of the way on the uh, computer. Uh, oh, dearie me. Look, it's all going pear-shaped. Right. We, we were doing so well, Justin. We were, we uh, were. We've blown it right at the end. Right, here we go. So who, who is this you're talking to? Uh, the, this is parents outside the Bedford Free School uh, with their thoughts on the drug rehabilitation centre, which might be happening here in Bedford. Here Lovely. we go. Here we go. Thank you. Madam, good morning. You have a, a 12-year-old son who goes to Bedford Free School. How do you feel about this drug rehabilitation centre, if, of course, it was to happen? I'm not very happy about it because it will be right next to the school and the clientele that go there will have closer contact with the children. What if someone goes into the school and they are, you know, on drugs or they are in a high state of mind? They may influence the children as well. So you're concerned for your child's safety, effectively? Yes, absolutely, my child's safety. A lot of our listeners today have been saying that they haven't got any sympathy for people on drugs. It's self-inflicted. Have you got any sympathy at all? Um, yes, I do. I do. Um, absolutely. I wouldn't say that it's... Sometimes people turn to drugs because of problems in their lives, and I'm not saying that they should be blamed for their situation. I'm just saying not next to the school, that's all. So, yes, yeah. give them help, but nowhere near your yeah. child. Yeah, absolutely. Bernadette, you've just dropped your child off at school here. What's your thoughts on this drug rehabilitation centre? Uh, not, I, w- I hope it's not coming near a school or something. I wouldn't feel uh, right, not safe even. I don't think that is proper. They should find it a place where there is not where children are close because, uh, yeah, you don't know what these people who are into drugs, I don't know what they would do even. I wouldn't feel safe. And a final word for yourself, madam, again, dropping your child off at school here. What's your thoughts on this drug rehabilitation centre? shouldn't be near a school because the kids will pick it up. It's not good for the kids. The kids will pick it up? Yeah, any sort of bad atmosphere or whatever, it's not good for the kids. Well, I'm sure that the people in that centre will be kept away from the children, no, but yeah. you're not convinced, are you? No, 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 big no, because there, there might be drugged out, there might come near the kids and whatever, it's not good. Have you got any sympathy for anybody who is addicted no. to drugs? No, shouldn't be doing drugs in the first place. I'm against drugs anyway. Shouldn't be doing drugs. Well, I'm sure the majority of people are against drugs, but, but then again, certain situations in their life may put them in that direction. Shouldn't be doing drugs. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing drugs, but people mm. do do drugs, and some people have the ability to do uh, a bit of drugs at the weekend and then stop, and some people don't have that ability. They don't have that thing that uh, allows them to stop, and the reason they're taking drugs is because they're in some sort of pain, emotionally or spiritually, mm. that they are trying to dull. 
I totally agree, and you know, I think you know that that, that lady at the end there. I'm, I was shocked that she had absolutely no sympathy, as you say. Yes, you shouldn't be doing drugs, but I think every single person listening right now will know that at some point in they at some point in their life they had you know a real low point, yep. and when you're feeling that low, the temptation to do something like that is there. Some people won't, some people will, and I think you know as, an, as a nation we need to have a bit more sympathy for these people. I really do. Justin, cracking stuff today, mate. Thank you very much. Speak to you tomorrow. Thanks, Ian. Cheers, yeah. my dears. There we go. Uh, I've just been sent a really long email from Sarah, which is too long to read out. I've, I've noticed she's just paid, posted it on the Facebook page as well. If you look at posts by others, it's under there. Basically, uh, it's her recounting a story of a young lady who, um, her, her, the friend of hers died. She got into terrible trouble with drugs, but it looks like she's turning a corner. So very optimistic. So if you want to have a look at that, go to the Facebook page. Sarah, thank you very much for that. Adam's near Northampton. Morning, Adam. Hello, mate. Adam. Yeah, it's, not, it's not all about, uh, you know, being low and uh, you've got problems in your life. Uh, you know, it's who you associate with. I mean, I grew up on a council estate and, uh, you know, I grew up, you know, like, all around in gangs. You know, it started off with a bit of, bit of pot, you know, smoking pot, and it just, just went on from there. It's a gateway drug. You know, and I ended up on heroin. I was on heroin for five, six years. And, uh, you know, these legal drugs and these rehabilitation centres are absolutely marvellous. And they do work. You know, you go on there, they test you every day, and eventually, uh, you know, you you get uh, prescribed these methadone, and they wean you off it. I mean, I've been clean for for years now. How how many years have you been clean for, Adam? I've been clean for about 12 years now. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, and and are, are you free from um, the prescription medication as well? Yes, absolutely. Because we, we spoke to one caller who had a similar story, but he'd been on methadone for five years. That seems like a yeah. long time to be on a substitute drug. Yeah, but you do, you do, uh, you do have these uh, periods where you, you do go back. You know, you go back before, you know, it's, um, I don't know... Um, what kind? What kind of um, methadone is on? But it, mine was uh, it's diluted. You know, it just okay. weans you off. Ad- drop it. Adam, we've had lots of callers today. I mean, we had Sam suggesting that that you should be taken out and executed. Lots of people think that addiction is a self-inflicted luxury. You no, brought it on yourself. No. To t- explain to them why you think it's not. Well, because they're not, I mean, it, it all depends on the person and what what kind of um, lifestyle they have. You know, I mean, I started when I was very young. I was 15. Uh, you know, I started smoking pot, and it just went on from there. You know, you try a bit of speed, you try a bit of, uh, bit of cocaine. You know, it's whatever's available. I mean, back in my day, you know, drugs were were very um, were more popular than they'll ever be today. You know, you got ecstasy. Um, and you know, how how low drugs. how low Adam was your lowest point? I was never low. I was never that awesome around in gangs, you know, it was, uh, it was, it, it was the times where, you know, the music as well, you know, I was into, like, house and it went on to acid oh music, dance music, you know, and it was just popping pills at the weekend. OK, then, then why did you, then why did you decide to stop taking drugs then? Uh, I knew I had a problem. Uh, uh, I was, I was meeting, I was ill, very ill. You know, I was, I was getting in trouble with the police, and uh, I've, I've been in jail for eight times. Uh, you know, it, it got to a point. I mean, I wasn't working, and, and I was going out stealing, and uh, to feed my habit. And did you did you try and stop drugs on your own? 
without yeah. treatment centres. And it, how- it, 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 I mean, I was in treatment centre, but you, you've got to want to do it. You've got to want to do it. Yeah, so it's more down to willpower. I mean, you start smoking, you know, you can't just stop smoking by these electronic bags. You've got to want to do it. You've got to have that willpower. Do it. And Adam, finally, to the people who, who to, to Sam, who we spoke to earlier, who said you should be shot. What, what would you no, say to him? Well, get a job, get a life. If, if you don't know what's going on around you, you don't know, you don't know what uh, people are going through when they're in these uh, drug habits, then you know they're very sad, very sad. Adam, I appreciate your call this morning. Thanks very much. Thank you, thank you. Cheers, mate. There we go. What cracking stories we've had this morning, and they've been good. Thank you very much. We'll put some of those in the podcast. I don't want to exploit the vulnerable, but I'm going to. My own personal gains. We'll put some of those in the podcast this week. Don't forget, you can download uh, the podcast by going to the uh, 3CR website, clicking on podcasts, duh. Or also, you can go to iTunes. If you type in Ian Lee BBC, I-A-I-N-L-E-E, BBC, it pops up. I think there are two up there now, because they only last up there for about 30 days. Um, but we'll put a new one up on Friday and some of today's show will definitely make it in. So thank you very much. Uh, today's show has been a real example of, of what we can uh, achieve and what we can hear. Well, have we achieved anything? Maybe not. But what we can hear uh, if you take the time to phone up with your personal stories. And I'm, I am deeply touched that so many have felt you could call up with what are incredibly personal stories, some very painful and some stories of triumph. So thank you very much for that. Right, it's coming up to 8.59. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound looking very slow after emergency repairs to a pothole that was in the road at Junction 10 for Luton Airport. All lanes have just been reopened though. The M40 London bound is still slow after an accident earlier that was just before Junction 1A for the M25. On the M25 itself, anti-clockwise heavy going between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midland have a reduced service between Bedford and Bletchley because of a train fault. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. That's it. That's your lot. Thank you to everyone who took part. You can email me if you want. Ian.Lee, I-A-I-N, dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. If we're still allowed, I'm popping over the road for a coffee. Want to join me, team? Tim's up next. Until tomorrow. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Ian. It's Tim Wheeler standing in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith at nine. It's the big phone-in, and I want to hear from 